Blog Talk Radio. All those Orange Bowls, all that legacy, all those crowning moments, and now this. The freshman to the end zone. And a stiff arm is going to get him past midfield. They've gone toe-to-toe to decide four national titles. With the guts to go for it. What does Miami have in him? Hyam, plenty of time. Fearless South Florida Warriors. There is a fight at the 25-yard line. Armstrong now. That is hit off. Great tackle after tackle and still go. This is an amazing sight. A tribute to a champion. I don't know that I have witnessed this stadium like this before. Listen to this crowd roar. This place is as loud as when the game was tied up. It's gotten so loud in this place. It sounds like when the when the game first kicked off, it's that loud. One play, one moment. This place is ready for him. With legends on each side, now Miami and Nebraska. Prime time is here, ladies and gentlemen. Will the Miami Hurricanes be ready for it? The Nebraska team that will visit Sun Life Stadium on Saturday is not a top 10 outfit like the ones Miami has played in the past, but it's a very capable squad, one competitive on both sides of the ball that will almost certainly be playing in a bowl game at the end of the season. A must-win game in September? Yeah, I think I would say that. The Hurricanes, who survived a major upset bid by Florida Atlantic on Friday, are running out of time to get their act together for 2015. It's been a long time since the Canes beat anybody in college football who was any good. Virginia Tech last year? Well, kind of, but that was a 7-6 and six team. Duke? 12 months ago? Do the Blue Devils really qualify? A win on Saturday means a 3-0 and start, and just maybe that will be the moment that begins to quiet the critics that Al Golden can't seem to escape. Regardless, a victory would set the table for the Cincinnati game on Thursday night football in two weeks that would give Miami a chance to go to Tallahassee at 4-0 and make some real noise. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest three hours in Hurricane Sports. As always, this is your show, and it will be driven by your participation. The call-in number, as always, is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. We have 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. We're going to again use our system that has worked really well this season. We will allow you, those of you that can't stream the show on your mobile devices or computer, to listen to the show on your phones. If we get to the point where all 100 lines are taken up, we might ask some of you that aren't coming on the show to drop off, but um, we don't anticipate getting to that point, and uh, you you should be all good. Once again, if you want to participate on the show, we ask you to hit the number one on your keypad, and that will send us a prompt to let us know that you'd like to come on the show. If you don't want to speak on the show, don't hit the number one. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here's some of what they came up with. What can everybody expect to see different on Saturday from the offense? 
Why hasn't James Coley used the tight ends, the fullbacks, or thrown deep? If it's on purpose, then why would it change for Nebraska? This year is about the ACC Coastal, and in the big scheme of things, the first four games means nothing. Um, a separate question on the same subject. Do you think Brad Kaya will air it out against Nebraska? Seems that they have gone very vanilla using the running backs in the first two games, especially against FAU. Can we go downfield to Coley, Waters, and Scott against Nebraska, or are they going to stay dink and dunk? I'm sure that this is going to be a much talked about subject throughout the show. I'll make a couple quick comments right now. Yes, the vanilla offense has been by design. Um, there's no question that a lot of the arsenal that's been put together for this season is being saved for this run of games coming up against higher level competition than what Miami faced. Um, I don't think it was a situation of taking things for granted. They were still running sound football plays, but they expected to be better than Bethune and FAU. And in the end, they they were particularly on offense. And uh, so I personally don't have any any problems with the way they went about offense the first two games. Uh, yes, I do think you will start to see more use of the tight ends. I do think you will see more, you know, the, the deep ball tried at moving forward to stretch the field. Um, so I, I do think you will start to see a much more rounded and versatile offense. But I will say this. Why would you knock, for example, throwing the ball to the running backs? I mean, did you see the game that Joe Yearby had the other night? Like, why would you look at that negatively at all? I, I think the way James Coley is using the backs has just been phenomenal. I, I love it because it's taking a lot of pressure off Brad Kaya, number one. And number two... He's done a great job isolating those backs in the middle of the field in particular, and Joe Yearby is thriving um, on those play calls. So I don't see why anybody would have a negative opinion about any of that. Uh, moving on, do you believe it's time to experiment with Jamal Carter due to his physical ability at nickel or even one of the linebacker spots? Need to find a way to play him more. He has a knack for making plays. I agree on that one. We'll talk more about that later. What's up with the run defense? Boy, that's a great question. Every year, Golden says it's going to be fixed, and every year they get gashed. Uh, I'm sure that'll be a much-talked-about topic tonight as well. The one thing I will say there is it's the same personnel. It's the same scheme. Um, it's the same guys playing well one play, bad the next. And I asked the question in my column this week after the FAU game. Why would same plus same not equal same, okay? And uh, so I'm not the least bit surprised that the run defense is struggling again. I think they're challenged, both personnel and scheme-wise, in that department. And I think the linebackers also are not very good run stoppers. And I think it's going to be a constant problem for Miami the entire season, um, including this week with Nebraska coming to town. Another question came in, Gary, I'm worried about the fact that the team hasn't scored in the red zone with the pass. It's, everything's been runs. Do you see this as an issue? Uh, I'll touch quickly on that. Also, yes, I do see it as an issue. I think the, the general overall struggles that the receiver core is having getting open in general is a definite issue for this team. You have to hope that the return of Stacey Coley will help that a little bit. You know, I think Waters and, and Scott and those guys and Lewis are all very serviceable receivers. I'm not sure any of them are elite. And I think that's what you're seeing right now. Yes, there are times they're struggling to get open. They've also dropped a few balls. How are these visiting recruits, and you know there's a huge visit from five-star receiver McCole Hardman coming up this weekend for the Nebraska game. Are these visiting recruits and their family members going to perceive the team and the program 
when banners are flying overhead the stadium and the fans are berating coaches and players? And I think that's a great question. And, you know, there's been talk on the message boards that there's going to be three or four planes flying this weekend with anti-Al Golden banners and things like that. And I don't think there's any question that it has the potential to hurt recruiting a little bit. But I will say this on the flip side also. I don't think these people are sitting there staring at the skies, in all honesty. I mean, when those planes are flying, uh, they're inside the stadium eating uh, in the hospitality rooms for recruits. And, you know, I really I don't think that they're sitting there staring at the planes saying, oh, my God, who, you know, you know, Al Golden is, is going to get fired or whatever. or Butch Davis 2016 or whatever. Somebody wants to put on one of these silly banners. I, I think people are wasting a lot of money. Are they offending Coach Golden and and? Personally wounding him, yeah, probably. I mean, you saw the animated gift of him looking up at the sky at the FAU game the other night and seeing that banner flying over the stadium an hour and 45 minutes before kickoff. Uh, of, of course, that that pierces his gut a little bit. Um, but beyond that, it's not going to influence anything that goes on with the coaching job, what's going to influence what goes on with the coaching job is what happens on the field and whether this team wins and whether this team becomes relevant again in college football and what kind of bowl game is it playing in at the end of the year? And can it beat Florida State? Can it beat Clemson? Can Al Golden put some signature wins up on the on his ledger this season? Beginning Saturday, by the way, against the Nebraska team, which they get at home, and is a very good measuring stick for where this team is right now. Okay, so that's what's going to determine what happens, not an airplane banner. Okay, so if anyone's listening that's wasting their money uh, on this thing, man, I, I wish you guys would, like, donate it to Canesport or something. We'll throw a party. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with something way better to do with it than throwing it away on banners flying over stadiums all over America. Just, you know, just my two cents. I, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a worn-out tactic right now. The team's 2-0. and You're in a new season, and the results are going to speak for themselves, uh, and then a decision's going to be made at the end of the year. That's the bottom line. All the, all, the, all the other stuff is just a bunch of peripheral nonsense, to be totally honest with you guys. I mean, you know, the, Blake James is seeing them, but it's not going to impact – the decisions that they make at the end of the year. Coach Golden is going to either deserve to keep his job or he's going to deserve to be fired. Um, if there's a little bit of a gray area in the middle, Blake James will make a decision. It will not be impacted by banners. Okay, moving on. Are you optimistic or pessimistic on whether this team can turn the corner this year or is it still inconclusive? Uh, obviously, it's still inconclusive. Um, I, I'll, you know I'm always honest, and I felt a lot better before what I saw up in Boca Raton Friday night um, than I am after what I saw. Uh, but I'm withholding judgment until this Saturday. Got to see how they look against Nebraska. Is the cloud the reason after five years that the defense still looks confused, continues to be in the wrong lanes, continues to tackle poorly, continues to get limited pass rush up front, never looks sharp and crisp, for an entire game, never looks like an opponent is out-schemed, and you never hear the other coach say, I told you all Miami is a good team. Very legitimate question. I'm sure that'll be a much talked about topic tonight as well, but that's not an unfair question by any stretch of the imagination. How serious was the Dion Bush to corner experiment during spring practice? Imagine having Bush, Jamal Carter, and Rayshon Jenkins on the field at the same time. Would that be, wouldn't that be wise? With Burns and Elder at corner, you would have your best players on the field at all times. 
I would guess that, that, that this is something that if, if Jamal Carter keeps playing the way he played on that one play the other night, and we would have to grade his entire body of work, obviously. You don't win or lose a job based on one play. But that one play impacted that football game to a huge degree. And Miami was in trouble before he made that play. Let's not uh, you know, beat around the bush here. They, they were in trouble in that game, and I'm not saying they would have lost. But that FAU game, if they don't have all those turnovers, that thing's going deep into the fourth quarter, the way they were moving the ball. And you know, don't talk to me about halftime adjustments, because they had 290 yards of offense in the first half, and then on their first possession of the second half, they moved 63 yards in 14 plays, okay? So there were no adjustments. They were taking the Miami defense to school, and the thing that turned that game was the turnovers. Now, people very astutely on the message boards have pointed out, you know, they said, you know, hey, Gary, you're not being fair. Somebody caused those turnovers. Yeah, Jamal Carter caused one of them. Chad Thomas forced the bad throw by the quarterback on another pass rush situation. That's two of them. But – I'm pretty sure the other three, and I, you know, if I'm wrong on one or one of them or something, you know, forgive me. I'm going on memory, but I'm pretty sure the other three were pretty careless plays on the part of FAU, and they got very careless with the football, and that took them out of their game plan and out of that football game. Um, and I just thought that what we saw for the first two plus quarters up there was very distressing, and. The only thing that will erase that memory from everybody's minds would be a much better performance uh, Saturday against Nebraska. How, um, let's see. What more does Rayshon Jenkins have to do to earn a starting spot at safety? I don't think there's any more he can do. He's playing great, and I'll be surprised you know, that if you don't see him on the field quite a bit on Saturday. All right, so those are some topics to set the plate for what promises, I'm sure, to be a very lively, animated, and, and, and fun evening on Kane Sport Live. Again, the call-in number is 646-595-2048. That is 646-595-2048. Again, hit the number one if you want to come on the show and talk. And let's begin this evening in the 757, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Ain't nobody but Kane Kane one. What's happening? What's up, Kane Kane? How you doing this week? Man, I must have been hitting the buttons all wrong the last three weeks. I got so mad. I said, man, forget this. I can get it right. But I got it right tonight. Got it right. Well, yes, sir. Gary, let's see here. I ain't even going to worry about last week. The defense, you're right. Yeah, it was struggling. Struggling bad. I'm glad Jamal Carter hit you, boy. I ain't mean for him to hurt him like that. Because uh, the game could have been closer, but our offense kicked it in. The running backs look good. Officer line could do a little bit better, but the real task, I guess, is Nebraska because I don't know what size the offensive line is in Nebraska, but they ain't small compared to the mm-hmm. two schools we played, right? Absolutely. They had a great week last week. Yeah, they had a great week. And the week before that, it, their defense would have been what they were supposed to do towards the end zone. They might well be coming in Miami 2 0. So, you know, it's just, you know, a lot of people just going to keep hollering and fussing. I ain't all fussing about nothing. And like you said, really the ACC don't start. But forget this. Golden needs a signature win. If he needs one starting now. Um, I mean, like you said, the line. Oh, what about the linebacker situation? Uh, your boy that you were talking about, the young guy, uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to get a lot of burn now, correct? Juwan Young? I can't think of, no, I'm not young. Uh, Jamie Gordon? Um, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're trying to redshirt him. I, I think that that plan will stay in place unless they have another injury. Uh, I, you know, he's not ready. They're, they're trying to redshirt him, and okay. you know, if, 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 if things stay status quo, I, I don't think you'll see them burn the shirt. I, I think they still have Jawan Young that they could put out there. They feel they could still uh, use McCord there. They're trying to develop Marquise Gayat. Um, they still have Terry McRae, who I don't really think can play, but uh, you know he's still a body there at linebacker. And most of the time, they're only playing two guys at a time at that position anyway. So I think if, if things stay equal, it'll stay the way it is. But if they have another injury, uh, man, all bets are off. I, I mean, I personally would like to see them use Jamal Carter a little bit at linebacker. You know, he, he's a big safety, certainly as big as Marquise Gayat, and he's more physical than Gayat. And I know it's, it, this is probably something they should have experimented with in the, in the spring, no argument. Um, but I'd like to see them use Jamal Carter a little bit in a linebacker-type role as the season moves forward. Well, that sounds like a good thing to do because, I mean, you got speed. He can hit. Oh, that was a massive hit. Um, he can do I keep part, asking them to invite me to those coaching meetings every, every Sunday. I mean, I'm happy to go. <laughs> well, I know that's right. Uh, the offensive line, um, they haven't looked that bad. I mean, Ty ain't getting killed, but this week, this they coming. And I was he's reading on the brass He's not getting killed, but he's huh? getting hit too. He's not getting killed, but he's getting hit too much. And it's a problem. It's a problem. And you know, we, oh, we, yeah, we give the, well, we give the defense a hard time, obviously, but the offensive line needs to pick up its game. Now, we expected them to struggle, and they have struggled at times. It's just—it's very inconsistent, and and it's not one guy; it's everybody. Everybody's having good moments. Everybody's having bad moments, and that's not going to be good enough with the competition level getting raised higher. So uh, those guys, you know, they they really they got to get their act together too. Yeah, that's true. That that is so true. And um, what uh what I've seen with Nebraska, you know, they're running like a semi-pro style. The uh the running back, I mean, the quarterback from last year, he doesn't run nearly as much. He, they Correct. have him more of a pocket passer. He's 63% completion rate. When I looked at it today, I mean, give or take, whoever you play, uh, I, I see them being a different. But we do got to get pressure. We didn't let me tell you what, on, Let me let ahead, me tell I'm you different. what's going on there, Kane. Kane, Tommy Armstrong uh-huh. is a way better player today than he was a year ago when we last saw him. And the reason uh-huh. is Mike. Is Mike Riley? That guy is a phenomenal football coach. Don't 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 kid yourself. And he's he's a really good offensive coach, and he's doing a very good job with Tommy Armstrong. And I talked to people in, in Nebraska, and actually in our ten o'clock hour, we're gonna have Sean Callahan from Huskers Online come on the show, and he's gonna take some of your calls and talk a little bit about Nebraska with you for a few minutes. And you know, the the one thing I'm hearing from people out there in Lincoln is. Tommy Armstrong's a different guy as a passer, and and he's been very accurate, and he's doing a a great job executing the offense. And they haven't been able to put the whole Riley offense in because Tommy Armstrong is not that classic drop-back passer that Mike Riley likes. But they've kind of met each other in the middle. You're seeing Armstrong run around less, as you very astutely just noted. I'm very impressed with that, considering they've only played a game or two. But you're absolutely right, Kane Kane. He is running a lot less, and he's mm-hmm. doing a great job executing their offense. And they're going to give the Miami defense. I'll be stunned if they don't give the Miami defense fits on Saturday. I personally think this game's going to be a shootout. I'm expecting it to be the first team to 40 wins. That's that's my expectation. Wow. Well, the way it looks, we're going to need 40 because, like you said, he's. I read in his composure and 
I was like, well, damn, he was a running man, you know, but not no more. I changed him around to, you know, try to make him a pocket passer. But he's doing good with whatever rally throwing at him, so that's all I can say. But like I said, I ain't going to hold you. It's big time game. Forget the rest. I ain't worrying about no plane flying. People going to do what they do anyway. Do I want one to fly? Do what you're going to do. Like I said, some people going to look, some people ain't going to look. It, it's ugly that we're not winning. It's ugly if we don't win the Coastal. But I done told everybody, we don't lose the Florida State. You can stamp them. You can seal them. You can ship them all out. But we can't take six years. Yeah, I mean, listen, like, no. if, if they lose all these games, there's no banners going to be necessary. Come on, let's be serious. You That's know, I mean, right. you don't need it, it's, you don't need it's it silly now. You, you know, it's, it's, I think it's silly. I don't know. And one more thing before I go, I wouldn't even want to play Temple. Temple, they got good all of a sudden. They don't win yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Cincinnati. Uh, I don't State and Cincinnati are really bad, or they've gotten good because uh, you know, that's been, they've well, been we'll one of the shocker teams. Yeah, we'll find out with Cincinnati on that Thursday night. Hey, man, Jordan Wheat. Do your press you, thing, and uh, see you next Tuesday, man. You got it, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. All right. Leave me on hold. Thank you. Got it. All right, 646-595-2048. Uh, again, hit the number one if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 240. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? This is uh, D Black 21. Hey, what's up, D Black? How you doing this week? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm good, you know. I'm good. Um... I'm kind of going to piggyback off of something you mentioned uh, about just second quarter in general, almost giving up 300 yards of total offense in one quarter. First half. Yeah, first half. First, no, not first second half. quarter. Yeah, first, first half. First half. Excuse me. First half. It's totally unacceptable for – it's really unacceptable to an FAU team. And you're absolutely correct. Those turnovers, if we didn't get those turnovers, there's no telling where the game would have been without all those turnovers. There's no telling. We could have lost the game. Like, no. Like, serious. I'm sitting serious. I'm like, really? But. Well, it would have <laughs> been like like Auburn, you know, went down to the wire. Yeah, the exactly. It, it, it would have been something just like that. There's no question about it. Exactly. My thing is, Al Golden, he says, he's been saying the same thing for the past five years. That's my job. We got to get it fixed. Oh, somebody wasn't in the gap. Oh, we got some things to do. I mean, you've been saying the same thing. After a while, it's, it falls on deaf ears. Same after plus same equals same. Same plus same exactly. equals same. I exactly. Mean, what's, the de- what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. I, I right? feel bad for Al. I, I feel so bad for the guy. I mean, really, I do. No, I, I don't. I know. Some outgoing is good people, okay? But you know what, Gary? I understand that. Hold on, Gary. I understand that. I understand he's good people, but that's just like put it like this. Put it like this. If I if I send my children to a school, right? To 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 a school, I'm talking about you know like not college, but like elementary, high school, and the principal could be good people. The principal could be good people. But every year, their test scores, as far as a school, gets worse. Every year, it gets worse. They don't reach proficient. So every year, their test scores get worse. So just because the principal is good people, am I supposed to keep my children in that school, or do I remove them? I remove them. I give the, I give the principal one or two years, maybe three, but not for that. I see no improvement. They got to go somewhere else. 
So I feel that to say is, Al, you may be good people, but you know what? That's fine. But good people being a good person isn't winning ball games right now. It has. You haven't been winning ball games since you've been a head coach. You never had a signature win. So everybody keeps saying Al needs this signature win. Well, check the check his check his resume. When has he ever got a signature win? Ever in his whole coaching career? Check the man's resume, as we say in the other area. Check this man's resume. What's his third win one? He doesn't have a signature win. And he's been telling he's been saying this to Cage Nation for the past five years. Oh, it's gonna get corrected. It's gonna get fixed. You're you're playing a million different people on defense when you shouldn't be playing. Just think Get your core, your best that you can get, and keep them in the game. Well, you know, like, let me on. just stop you for a minute. You're, ab- you're absolutely right. But, you know, here's the thing. When, when the failure is as severe as it was up in Boca on Friday night, that's what, yeah, it, that's what gives the people like yourselves the, the power behind your words and, and, and your, you know, your dissatisfaction and you know, obviously, a lot of debate amongst the fan base is—is is the fan base too negative? Is, you know, are, are are people being too hard on Al? But you know, the the thing the thing is that the chance that when coach when things go bad for a football coach, their greatest weapon is what happens on the field on game day. And and you know, this new season is a is a wide open, clean slate for Coach Golden, Coach D'Onofrio, and and. It didn't look good on Friday night. So what that does is, you know, it just gives more strength to a lot of the criticism and things that are being, you know, bandied about, about what's going on. So, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, some people are tired of hearing it. I'm looking at Twitter right now, and uh, we we got a fan in Australia who listens to Kane Sport Live every week, and he's calling you Uh an idiot. He's calling you an idiot on Twitter right now, D. Black, and he's, he's, he's saying you're the same idiot who calls the show every single week, expecting different results. And, uh, you know, to, to, to your Twitter guys, to hold on, hold on, game. That's not fair. I mean, number one, you're not an idiot. Exactly. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on. Let me. To, you're reacting let me, let me, to what you see on the field. Exactly. To this guy, I could guarantee you. I can guarantee you. This guy has not put a lid on ever. When I say a lid, I'm talking about a helmet. I can guarantee you he's never played the game of football. So when I'm watching the game, I'm watching it as a coach and as a former player. So I'm not expecting something different because I know Al Golden is what he is. That's him. I'm not expecting nothing different. But what I'm seeing on the field, I feel sorry for this because I want them to do well. But it can't do well because you know why? They're – it's like this. They're asking to go. They're asking to go play. They're asking to go sit down at the table and play a game of spades. But they're giving, but they're giving a pinochle deck to play spades with. There's no way that can ever happen. They can't. Well, it can never happen. Let, 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 let's you put know, it this way. Okay, there's a this Saturday, Sun Life Stadium, three thirty. Is is a huge opportunity, okay? I mean, huge opportunity. You've got a credible opponent. You've got an offense that's going to be a challenge to stop. You go out there and 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 stop it. 
And anybody that, that had anything to say in a negative vein will have to respect that maybe there's more than one way to slay the dragon. Okay? But right now, all everybody has seen, D-Black, including yourself, is failure. And it's it's failure going back several seasons. And that's why I don't knock, you know, I, I, I don't knock people who have negative opinions. I think everyone's entitled to see things the way they want to see them. Because the reality is this team has not been successful. It went six and seven last year. As you noted, there's not a signature victory. <clears throat> you know, they're not beating good teams. And I think everyone is entitled to their opinion. But I think you also have to respect that this is a new season and that Saturday is a huge opportunity. All right, one more thing, and then I'm going to be out of here, Gary. You are right. It's a new season, and, and it hasn't been a signature win, not just at Miami in his college coaching career as a head coach. But first to say, if they win Saturday, I'll be the first person jumping up for joy, happy they got the win. But that defense gives up a million trillion yards. Is that reason for us to be happy just because we beat Nebraska, but we gave up? say, four, five, maybe four, 300 yards on defense, knowing what we got coming down this back stretch? D. Black, no. before, before, you, before you finish and, and then depart, um, your friend in Australia, is he's shooting stuff out on Twitter right now, so I, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm giving it to you. He wants to know what solution you would come up with. Yeah, he, says, he, says you're saying, he says you're saying the same thing every week. And 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 I guess he doesn't like it. He wants to know what solution would you come up with? You, you know, you have a, you said you have a football background. He wants to know okay, what, what cool. solution you think would work. This is what I would come up with. This is what I would come up with if I was running the defense. If I was running the defense, this is what I would come up with. I would get out of that funky three four because we don't have three. We don't have the three four personnel. I would switch to a one gap in the tackle style four three defense. I would get Jamal Carter on the field and put him at put him at the wheel linebacker. Because he can move, he's physical. That may, it's not going to uh, uh, make the linebacker core great, but it'll show up some things because he can move, he's physical. That's what I would do. I would get my best, my best group of uh, uh, DBs, and they would be on the field. Rashawn Jenkins would definitely be on the field. So I would get my best core DBs on the field. I would get out of that funky 3 4. I would go to a more a one gap attacking four style, for I me mean, 4 3 defense. Uh, Mr. Thomas, Mr. Chad Thomas, Mr. Five Star, he would be on the field all day. He would not leave the field ever. Muhammad, he would be on the field. Trenton Harris, he is what he is. He's not producing. I would try to find someone to be, to replace um, Kirby because he misses more tackles than he makes. But right now, I would keep him because he's the best we have at this particular time. But I can guarantee you a 4-3 Attack a style, one gap with a D-line. All they got to worry about is play the run on their way to the quarterback. We'll do a lot better than this read, react, think, oh, two gap, all this other stuff. It'll be a lot better because it'll be less thinking on the field. And on offense, yo, run some eye formation. Get a fullback and a tailback. Run some eye formation. Smash them off a little bit. Do a little bit of that. Sometimes it's okay to be a little old school and then mix in a little new finesse with it. But there's nothing wrong with going traditional. The pro-style offense is not going anywhere. But that's just some of the things I would do. But you know what? I'm not the closest at Miami. I'm not there. I'm not getting paid. 
but I understand you're a fan. You don't like what I'm hearing, but you don't have a football background. You ain't never played football. I ain't talking soccer neither. I'm talking real football with a lead and shoulder pads. So until then, just be a fan and leave the football and the, the X's and O's to those on the board that play the game and no X's and O's. All right, Deep Black, very well put. Hey, thank you, as always, for being part of the show. I, I think you made some great points. I, I agree with almost everything you said. Uh, I'm not sold on the I formation. That's not the offense that they have in place right now, although I love what I see from this fullback, Gage Batten, and I do think that there might be some potential there down the road to use him a little bit more. Would not be shocked to see that even beginning on Saturday. D. Black, thank you as always for being part of the show. We'll talk to you next week. All right, keep me a hold, Gary. You got it, man. Good phone call. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number. Uh, 646-595-2048. you got to admit, you know, he made some great points. I know, you know, so, some people like certain callers to the show. Some people don't, whatever. But, you know, D, D Black, he brings it every week. He's very passionate. You you hear him talk. You could see that he does have some football knowledge to back up his opinions. And I agree a lot with a lot of what he said. I mean, I don't understand, you know, I understand some of the issues with Chad Thomas. And, and I don't like the eye of the tiger that he displays all the time either. And I question also how much football really means to him and, you know, yada, 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 because I see how much ability and potential a kid like that has. But to me, you got to put him out on the field. And, and you know, he, he's got to play more than 25, 30 snaps a game. And you got to give him a chance to develop. And you got to give him a chance to become an impact player on your defense. And, um, you know, I would have no problem with a defensive line that puts Chad Thomas on one side, Muhammad on the other, and um, Hurtalu and Kamalu, uh, Moten, maybe a three-man rotation on the inside and play a 4-3 with Kirby, Grace, and Jamal Carter as the linebackers, and Corn Elder and Artie Burns on the outside, and Rayshon Jenkins and, De- and, and Deion Bush at the safety positions, and go with it. And leave them on the field and forget the darn, you know, trying to play 25 guys and prepare them for a football game. It's not working. They're not prepared. They're missing assignments. They look disorganized. They're not getting lined up on time. You know, you could have the greatest coaching staff in the world, and they're not going to be able to get that many kids ready to play a big football game and prepared properly and knowing their assignments and having studied the nuances of the opponent and looking for little things that might tip off, whether a play is a run or a pass. Or if a guy leans one way or the other, maybe it, it would tip off what direction the play is going and things like that. There's just not sufficient time. And, you know, I would love to see where this defense could go with those suggestions that D Black made and I just talked about right now. I don't think we're going to see it, though. Let's go out now to the 850, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening? Hey, hey Gary, this is Travis. What's up, Travis? How you doing this week? I'm I'm pretty good, man. That game last week was pretty rough. I, I guess I really want to start off with uh, D. Black's one of my favorite callers. I, I don't he, personally, all his opinions are valid. Um, the one thing that keeps that I keep coming back to with this team is, especially in these first two weeks, is the vanilla offense, the vanilla calls. Do you think that we're really at a point in our 
and where we are as a program that we can even take two weeks off and not put in at least a good amount of our playbook. I mean, I understand you're going to have special plays that you need to keep secret until big games, but I mean, at least 75, 80% of the playbook, you got guys dropping balls on like five yard crossing routes. So what makes you think that they can go long and catch a 50 yard bomb from Kaya? (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. The receiver group was out there after practice today and they, they went off to the side and they got the jugs machine and, uh, they were they were practicing one-handed catches. They they had the the machine firing balls at them uh, in succession and putting in some extra work. Or you know just fine-tuning their hands. They know they got to do a better job catching the football. Some of those haven't been the easiest catches. You know I'm not sure that they're not taking a little bit too strong of a rap. You know I'm not sure that they deserve you know everything that's being thrown their way from a criticism standpoint. Um, but Different coaches have different philosophies on this subject of um, not showing offense against uh, so-called cupcake teams or teams that you're expected to be significantly better than, and you try to save things for the tougher opponents. Some coaches you know, try to do that, and James Coley is certainly one of them. Other coaches run their offense no matter who they're playing and they don't they don't really care and you know yeah they'll put wrinkles in as the year goes on and, and stuff like that like anybody uh but they don't sit there and, and and try to outguess themselves like that and and I'm not sure that there's a right or a wrong I think it's a personal preference as a coach uh I don't think there's an absolute there it's not a black or white issue so I certainly wouldn't criticize James Coley cuz he went vanilla against Bethune-Cookman uh you know Bethune-Cookman was barely a high school team to be honest with you. And, you know, and you they gave us argument. a run for our money, <laughs> you know, no, until that lightning delay. FAU, FAU did not really. Both of them, man. I, that no, that first on. quarter in the Bethune game was pathetic. Uh, it was one of the worst things I'd ever seen out of my, it yeah, was you're like right. watching they were, they Virginia crush slow. us. They were a little slow. Until out of that game. lightning delay. And then they, they did something in the locker room and they came up and actually played a good game. Last week, I was actually the one that said, you know, good job on getting the shutout. That, you know, that made me happy as a hurricane because it's been so many so many years since that has happened. Yeah, they were um, they were a little slow out of the gate, but but Bethune Cookman, let's make no mistake about it, that was a bad football yeah. team. Okay, oh, and they had no they had absolutely. no chance. They had no chance. FAU was different. I was impressed with the way those kids played, and that you know we talk so much about the offense because of all the yards they put up. That number two that was playing defensive tackle for FAU. That guy could start yeah. for the Hurricanes right now. That guy <laughs> would be the best defensive tackle on this Miami team right now. And it wouldn't be hard to do that. You know, I mean, mo- I think no, most programs have a defensive tackle play. that could start on our team. That kid was giving them problems on the interior of the line. There's no doubt about it. I mean, when they were struggling to run the ball up the middle, it, it was because of that kid. And, uh, you know, and, and FAU played hard and, and for obvious reasons, and you got to give those kids a lot of credit. Um, but, but then, I absolutely do. Yeah. Do you think that um, – well, one thing before I get to some other uh, – do you think that eventually we might see Casey McDermott at left tackle and Darling back over at right tackle, his more natural position, and just Odagwu filling in behind those two, rotating? You know what? I don't think Is so. that going to happen? No? I don't think so, and let me tell you why. You know, I was watching Casey play left tackle the other night, and he, he, he had some bad plays. Yeah. He struggled. He had like, some really not, bad plays. He's not athletic enough for that position. He's really not. Casey McDermott's a right tackle, and so is Trevor Darling, in my opinion. I, I, but but you know, right now Trevor Darling is the best equipped to play left tackle. You know, he's the most. He's the only one with, that's even close to athletic enough to play that position, in my opinion. 
And I think what you're more likely to see, because I think they're all struggling. Um, I see Alex Gall struggling at times. Nick Linder has surprised me. He's he's playing pretty darn well, way better than I than, than I thought he was, and I give him a ton of credit. Um, but I think you're more likely to see Isadora pop out to the right tackle position and see Joe uh-huh. Brown see Joe Brown come in at right guard. The coaches are very high on Joe Brown. They really think that that kid could be an All ACC player. Uh, within the next year or so and and you know just needs to continue developing and getting a little experience he hasn't played a lot of offensive line and um but they really like joe brown is he a freshman or a jc transfer joe brown is now um i want to say red shirt freshman but let me just um let me just double check that real quick i don't want to give you um yeah i remember he snuck in at the end of one of our classes and i didn't know much about him yeah, he um he was a late signee. He yeah, he's a redshirt freshman, and uh, but the coaches really like him, and I think you're more likely to see him work his way into the starting lineup uh, than Casey McDermott right now. Okay, um, I just got two other points, and they're probably pretty quick, and I, they're definitely on the opposite side of what you've been saying the first couple callers. But man, I got to be one of the people that is a proponent of flying the banners because of last year you know last year we all watched it we watched what this hurricane team was and how this coaching was and for four years before that we learned everything we needed to know about him and nothing was done and he's still here and we just can't take it anymore we got to start you know now get the banners flying for for us negative people you know because another year of this guy i mean it personally my hope is either he does so well this year that we go 11 and 1 win the acc and everything that he gets a better job and leaves or he does so bad that he gets fired, and that's where it's at. Like I don't, I can't trust the man at all. Like I mean, even if he is beating Clemson and he is beating Florida State for the first time in five years, next year I will expect the same thing that I saw for the first four years. You know, I mean, and when you you guys were talking about defense, we can all put together in our mind what players need to be playing. I, when before the season even started, I asked, how much do you think Dallas Crawford's going to be playing? You were like, ah, not very much, you know, which is probably a logical thought to have. And then all of a sudden, every game, all game, there's Dallas Crawford trying to tackle somebody by the ankles as they blow by him for a 50-yard game. And oh, man, he's doing great. Real... Let's give him credit. He, he's great on special teams. Uh, well, then leave him on special teams. That's fine. Yeah. No problem. Doing... But he's I don't ever want to see him in the safety position. <laughs> you know, like we have too good of safeties to have Dallas Crawford out there ever playing. I mean, it's just beyond ridiculous. Jamal Carter, Rayshon Jenkins, Deion Bush. There's your rotation. Sorry, Dallas. You're done. Take a seat. You know, but uh, also the, my last and final point, and uh, you could just respond to what I said. Um, I'm sorry, but Nebraska is basically the same team that we are. They lost all their star players last year. They had a new coach come in, putting in a new system. They've kind of struggled to start this year. I mean, they beat South Alabama last week. Sorry, that's not impressive. That's us beating Bethune Cookman. Totally agree. Yeah, I, so I this, agree. Is not a, this is not a signature win for me. No, well, like, these are two teams that probably are like somewhere about 35 to 45 in the country. You know, somewhere in there right now. Right. Going against going against each other. There's no question about it. You know, Miami has Brad Kaya. They have Tommy Armstrong. Miami has a couple good running backs. They they have a good running back that's a young kid that just surfaced in the last week or so that was a four star kid coming out of high school that's doing a great job for them. Miami's got. Do they still have that Gregory kid at uh, defensive no. end? 
No, no, he's gone. Know, okay. But they have, they have right. a couple. They have a couple really good defensive tackles. Um, a kid by the name of Mally Collins, and then another one, Vincent Valentine, who are very, very good. Uh, they've got a decent linebacker. Their secondary was believed to be decent, but they've been struggling like crazy. They gave up 400 yards passing uh, against BYU, and then they gave up 313 last week to South Alabama. So like Miami against FAU, they had problems with South Alabama in terms of yardage and things like that. So you are absolutely 100% spot on. These are identical teams that are clashing on Saturday. And this will just be a stepping stone for whichever one wins. You know, for whichever one wins, peg. correct. And, and, and the yeah. one that loses is going to be on on perilous ground because then Miami's got to go up to Cincinnati, and I know they just lost to Temple, and Miami's probably a better team than Cincinnati, but that's going to be a Thursday night game on the road against a desperate team because they lost that Temple game. So yeah, that's not we all know be- Gunnar Keel is a, uh, he's a pretty good quarterback. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, he could sling the rock when we go to Cincinnati if he's not injured by that time. But, yeah, yeah. it's, it's no a doubt scary about slate. When I looked at the schedule to start the season, it was 7-5 and five to me. You know, I mean, well, I now maybe we get 8-4, and four, but. I don't think it's scary. I think it's fun. I, I think it's great that you have me- we, we, you have 10 straight games now that are going to be meaningful, quality football games. And at the end of the day, this is an entertainment product. One way or the other, it's going to provide entertainment to to everybody, and I think it's great. I, I'm so fired up now that we got past these first two games, and um, you know I'm ready to go, man. I, I I'm you know I'm just I'm stoked. I, I'm I'm very interested to see what happens on Saturday. Yes. Um, one last thing. Um, sorry. Uh, I yeah. I make saw it one last on a, uh, because they're, they're going to be made, making fun of you now on Twitter because you know, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, the Australia guy's way off base. By the way, man, <laughs> D Black for life. D Black for life. Um, I saw on a uh, another site, not to bring it up, but it was a YouTube video of during the FAU game, um, somebody heckling D'Onofrio from the stands. And him just freaking out and getting ready to go over there and actually had to be restrained by, I think, Kirby actually restrained. Did you see this? And do you, do you know what happened? I, I, I didn't see it live. I was, uh, I, was up, I was in the press box at that time. But I, di- I did see it on video. And I couldn't really tell what he was saying. Could you, could you pick up the audio on it and, and tell what he was saying? D'Onofrio or the guy in the yeah. stands? No, well, both. I couldn't tell what D'Onofrio said. I could just see he was pointing and yelling. The guy in the stand was just, just saying D'Onofrio, and you suck, and he was yelling at the players to get up because they were sitting down on the bench. And there was a few more things I don't remember, but it wasn't anything like that vulgar or crazy that I thought. I figured it was pretty typical for what a game would be. I mean, as a coach, you've got to ignore that. You know, you can't, you can't be paying attention to what people in the stands are saying. You're going to get heckling like that anytime you go on the road. And unfortunately, these guys are probably getting some of it at home, too. And uh, let's face it, you know, I, I think nerves are short. I, I think that, that they're under a lot of pressure. You know, no, nobody wants to fail in their job. Nobody wants to get fired. Uh, you're talking about, you know, forget Al Golden and his $2.5 million a year job. Mark D'Onofrio's making $550,000, $600,000 a year. Uh, where's he going to go do that if this doesn't yeah. work out? You know, I'm not sure that he'll ever get another opportunity to that degree if he fails at Miami. And, you know, it's, 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 it, there's a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. And, and if he did fire back, I'm, I'm sure that had something to do with it. You know, you show up at the stadium, you, you know, you got banners flying over the sky. I mean, you know, these are human beings, man. I mean, that pierces yeah. the gut. 
I mean, imagine it being you, and you're showing up to do your job, and somebody's flying a banner over the stadium. I mean, you know, I take a lot of nonsense from people. I wouldn't want to show up at the stadium and look up at the sky and see a banner that says Gary Furman sucks. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know I wouldn't like that But if too I much. suck that bad at my job, I would quit my job and find another career path. You know I mean? That's, <laughs> yeah, but, but, you know, that's subjective too. You know, I mean, I don't know. You know, it, it, let, let me put it this way. They're under a lot of pressure. Okay. And, I, and, yeah. I, and, I, and if he did fire back at the guy, I think, I think that that would be the reason. All righty, right. y'all good? Well, thank you so much for having me, Gary. I appreciate it, and talk All to you next Tuesday. No, thank you, and uh, give us a call again next week. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Again, hit the number one if you would like to come on the show, and let's go out now to the 954. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? I'm off guard 64. All righty, welcome to the show. What you got for us tonight? Hey, I, I was at the uh, I was at the game this past Friday. I was kind of near where Mark Napier was. The guy was heckling pretty bad. You know, I don't blame Mark for getting mad. He was saying some vulgar words and stuff like that in regards to you can't coach. He's like basically saying you're coaching defense, stop acting like you're off. Offense and stuff, so and the guy was rude, but like he said, you know, he's got to, you know, hold his and stuff like that. They got making good money, so. Question for you. Yeah. That's part Did of it. Did you know Brian You know, with this footy time, because I thought he was pretty mobile, but in that SAU, he, he, he looks pretty bad when he scrambles. Like when they roll him out. Yeah, he's not very fast. Um, let me see here. I'm going to look it up for you real quick. Uh, I'll be able to I'm tell. I'll be able... Yeah, it's like okay, a 10-yard line. He ran a 5.46 last year. He came down this summer to 5.21. But let's put it this way. Okay. Speed, that, that's slow, man. Come on. I mean, that's slow. No, I know. I, I thought he was fast in that because on a couple of those goal lines, like when they rolled him out, he just looked like he's running in mud. It just... He just looked out of place, almost like with Ja'Cory back in the day where, you know, Ja'Cory would hurt himself sliding by himself. He didn't know how to slide. He just, any pressure, you know, on him, you know, I just, you know, we're in big trouble. We definitely need to get more mobile. You think um, David Thompson used to be the bench? Uh, say it again. You broke up. So you think David Thompson could come off the bench since he's a little bit more mobile? David Thompson, he's not even on the team. You're oh, talking about he's Malik. really team. No, no, you're talking um, about Malik, Malik Rozier. And, oh, and, yeah, yeah, not, not yeah. David Thompson. Yeah, Malik. Yeah, I mean, the, answer, I, I thought, yeah the, the answer to that is, is yes, I, I do. I, I think that there are going to be times this year when you do see Malik Rozier get a shot to come in and run some packages and do some different things. They've, they've certainly you know been working on it for a while. So, uh, yes, that will happen. When will it happen this weekend? I can't answer that. And, and if I could... I'd probably get banned from the from the the practice facility, but it's uh, all right. I'll go there with you. I'll talk for you. <laughs> but yeah, I I do think that's something you're going to see this this year. Yeah, because I mean, in the old days, every time we got inside the ten or fifteen yard line, that was an automatic touchdown with our running backs. Now, it, you know, it's always third and eight inside the ten. You know, we get two yards here, one yard there, and our our, our red zone offense is just horrible. Like you know, we can't can't be selling for field goals, especially with SAU. I mean, I was broke my screen TV. You know, I well, came for half the game for the first half, and after the uh, rain delay, well, not rain delay, the lightning, I had to dip out, you know? 
yeah. it's just it's frustrating to watch. But uh, in that goal line, what about Gus, man? It's got it's got to be trucking everybody. Did we come back? What Gus Ed- no, Gus not Edwards? This, not, no, not this year. Nope. Where you been? No. Where, where, where you been huh? last month? Oh, I've been busy said, working, man. You said David Thompson I know he got hurt, but everyone, everyone kept saying that he's going to be back. I thought Gus was going to be playing no, he, and stuff. He's he's out for the year, man. You got to you got to come to CaneSports.com more often. You're you're behind on the on the info. Oh, how much is the membership there? Um, you can get a year for a hundred. You can get it monthly nine ninety five. I mean, I, oh. I hope it's a good bargain. We haven't raised our prices in about in fifteen years. So. I hope, coupon code I, I hope I can we're use? people good value. I hope everybody agrees. I, you know, I hope I think we are. Well, I'll check out this site. And also, uh, like for Nebraska, geez, I mean, I was arguing with my friends. They're saying that they're holding plays back. I'm telling them if you're if you're playing against you and you're tied, how, how, I mean, how much do you really be holding back? Because these these coaches can't afford to lose a game like that. Do you really think they're holding back? Yeah, they are. High game in the third quarter. The type of things you'll hold back are mostly in the passing game. I mean, you know, not a ton in the running game. I mean, running you you have your staple of running plays, and yeah, you you might be holding back some, but for the most part, what they're holding back are packages in the passing game, uh, different personnel groups that they might roll out there and do some different things with. that's what they would be holding back, looking to throw things out on the field that a team's not ready for, make them make adjustments on the fly that might get their attention away from their original game plan, things like that. I mean, it's a chess match. A football game is a chess match at times, especially uh, if it's okay. okay, I've got two more questions. Oh, really quick, though, uh, I'll call her five. Do I, do I get tickets to the Nebraska game by any chance or no? <laughs> I wish. You know what? I don't have I, I You, you I, gave them away uh, last week, man. Hook me up. Nah, sometimes I have some extra tickets this week. I don't. Otherwise, I would take care of you. Sorry about that. All right. Do uh, you have, like, a secret entrance? You just open up the door, like a little code? <laughs> no, no, no. All right. And let me ask you a question. Is Denzel Perryman suspended right now? Because why, why is he not starting over Kirby? Come on, you're you're, you're joking. You're you're you're, no. you're you're kid you're kidding, right? No. <laughs> All right, listen. You really got to get on KaneSport.com. Denzel graduated last year, but do me a favor right now. I thought I thought he right was now, a junior. I want, to, I want you to get off this call and I want you to go to KaneSport.com and I want you to sign yeah, up for. Uh, I want you I to sign up for. Like, I thought we had like half our starters were suspended for no, the first two games. No, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. I can All tell right. that you. I could tell that you want to be a passionate fan, but you're very ill-equipped right now because you you don't have the proper up-to-date information. Here's what I'm going to do for you. I apologize. So listen to me. I Go thought to Denzel was on the team. Listen, listen, listen. Go to canesport.com. Sign okay. up for a subscription. Email me at canesport at bellsouth.net. Let me know that you okay. did it. Send me your username, and I'm gonna I'm gonna add two free months to your subscription. Okay? All right. We got it's, we, we got we got to get you we got to get you on the website. I can't give you tickets, but I'm gonna give you two free months because I can tell that you're a passionate fan, and we got to get you on the website because you cannot be going through this season waiting to see Denzel Perriman come out on the field and waiting to see Gus Edwards return from injury. Is that not- guy from Australia? Is he making fun of me? Let me know because I want his phone number because I, I like that guy D Black. He's good. The only thing right. with D Black. Listen, listen. I don't know what he's saying a lot of times, but uh, uh yeah, I'll, I'll be on Kane's for you, Sidney. It's a uh, must diver, yeah. uh, must diver fifty six. Yeah, all right. Do what do what I just said and send me an email after you do it, and I'll take care yeah. of you. Anyway, hey, all thank right. you. Lo- for, th- yeah, thanks must for diving. Gotta love, love the muff. 
Love to talk. You got All right. Oh, my God. Oof, we got to get that guy on Kane Sport. I hope he follows through and goes and signs up right now. Man, Denzel Perriman. Oof. All right. Um, let's move on now uh, and go back out to the 850 again. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Good. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I'm doing good. Who's this? This is Tally Kane, man. Listen, I've been trying to get on the show for like a couple months now. I, it's popular. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm blown away, humbled, whatever you want to call it. We started this show a few years ago, and it was started. We started at two hours. We've expanded to three hours, and you know, we have thousands of Canes fans as far away as Australia who are listening to this show every week, calling. I, I do my best to try to get as many people on every week, and I apologize if we missed you last week or two, um, but I'm glad we have you on right now. Man, look, I'm, I'm just happy to be on, too. First of all, man, I want to tell, like, Deep Black, Black, you the man. You put it out there straight up, and I love it. The dude from Australia, man, go ahead on with that. He never played football. But let's get to it, Gary. Like, really, look at the defense. Look at our third down. Look, look at the offense. And the same pattern for five years now. I'm not even expecting us to beat Nebraska. Nebraska's going to whoop us. That's just me being a realist right now. Because if we struggle with South Florida, I mean, if we struggle with FAU, and we struggle with Bethune-Cookman, in my opinion, because our, our offense should have looked a whole lot better. Our defense should have looked a whole lot better. So, to me, that's a struggle. Back in the day, we would have, like, blown out Bethune-Cookman. We have blown out. FAU, we won't even be thinking about a slow Nebraska team. But yet, look, we're, this is where we're at now. So with that being said, like, and this question here that that, that puzzles me, we recruit out of Florida. The guys in which we get are so accustomed to playing man defense, speed, agility, go downfield, make a tackle, make plays, and yet they come in here and they implement this crazy scheme and expect something good to happen in Florida. Like, you wanna hear, hey, you want to hear something funny? I'm gonna just, you'll like this. Okay, Nebraska has a new coaching staff. They they came in. Um, they have a defensive coordinator by the name of, of uh, Mark Banker, and he brought in a new defense. And one of the things he's done is instill a lot. The, he's got his corners playing man, uh, exactly what Miami fans have been screaming for, and and that's how Nebraska's playing defense right now. They gave up 400 yards against BYU. And they gave up 313 to South Alabama, and you know they don't know what to do with themselves as they're getting ready to come down here to Miami. And we're we're going to have uh, Sean Callahan from Husker Online on uh, in the 10 o'clock hour, and that, that would be a great thing to get him to talk about because you know, like you know, the, yeah, everybody wants the same thing. They want aggressive defense. They want the corners playing man. But these guys are getting torched. I mean, absolutely torched. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Kaya and those guys can do against them on on Saturday because uh, they've been getting lit up. It's expected for a Nebraska team to get torched. No, but it's not expected for a Miami team to get torched because, believe it or not, no, no, not, they've had some good DBs through the years now. It's not like Nebraska recruits chumps. I mean, they, they recruit all over the United States. They go out to California and get guys. And, and you know, it, it's it's not like they have bad players at Nebraska. I mean, you're talking about one of the more storied, successful football programs of the last right. you know, 30, 40 right. years. You're absolutely right, but I don't expect them to get the cream of the crop like Miami is accustomed to get. With that being said, like, right now, we don't develop players. I can just take you back to Sam Shields. 
He went to Green Bay Packers. He's starting. He's looking hella okay, good. Okay, wait. Now, now, wait a minute. He was a receiver, okay? He was a receiver. Randy Cannon had the wisdom to move him to corner. Okay, so give right. Randy credit. Give Randy credit on that one. Right. And, you know, it, it's that, hard, to de- hard to develop a guy in one year. I, I mean, look, look at look at Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham went from dropping two footballs at Virginia Tech, which I remember distinctly, in, in his one year as a tight end, to right. walking into the NFL and, and, and emerging as the best tight end in the game. Or, yeah, or yeah, I guess right. so one of the give him, three. I would give him credit. I give him credit for bringing Jimmy Graham out, but who's going who's gonna to take away that credit for what he did to Tracy Howard? Like, Trace Howard was a five-star quarterback coming out, and everybody wanted him. Who's going to give him credit for what he's yeah, doing to Tony? Oh, Tracy's a little Tracy, the, probably the most unfair thing, because I like Tracy, and he's a good football player. One of the more unfair things that was done to Tracy Howard was he was made a five-star guy coming out of high school, because he, he probably shouldn't have been. Okay, Probably should have been a four-star guy. And... He's been following that around now for four years, and everybody's expecting him to play like a five-star. I mean, I was watching him the other night. I mean, he was getting beat by those FAU receivers. He was struggling a little bit. You know, I mean, Tracy's a good player, but he's not a great player. And, you know, people expect him to be great because he was five stars. I don't expect him to be great. I, I expect him to be disciplined. And I expect him to like be that player, not to not to stand out, just be the playmaker, but to be able to hold his ground. I feel as if that comes from coaching. I mean, if we can lose to a Virginia team, that comes from coaching. I know damn, I know good and well they don't have the talent that a minor hurricane team has. No, you can't tell me that. So therefore, when it comes down to that, we just don't develop players. We don't develop players right now. It's, it's just not happening. Like, and there's no way possible that Thomas won't be on the field. Like. Like, I'm running him all day long. There's no way it's possible that even if we play vanilla right now against FAU, we should have been able to run up and down the field on those guys. Like, it should have been so easy. Like, we outweighed them on the offensive line, and we did good on the defensive line, but yet we looked just so weak. We looked just so weak, man. And the play calling is ridiculous. That defensive style is ridiculous. I don't know what to think no more. I, I promise you, I just want to jump in the river. Oh no! Trade my life here. <laughs> All right. You got anything else this week? Yeah, I want to say um once again I'm not expecting us to beat Nebraska, man. I mean, like I want us to beat Nebraska, and I was a fan of Al Golden when he first came out. Like, okay, yeah, but now the truth is out there. He's not a he's not a Miami coach. He's not the and coach if, for the University of Miami. If, and if, if they don't to, play well this week, I'm going to the Bahamas. I'm not going to be here next Tuesday. <laughs> Bro, I'm, like, uh, I'm not going to be here next Tuesday. Because <laughs> you already know your phone line going to blow up. Like, what? You, oh. Your ears going to ring. Like, you're going to get all type of tweets and everything. You know what? Like, they cannot like come out first. into that stadium and play poorly on Saturday. They can't. Oh, man, listen. Gary, that goes better what you're saying. The same old, same old. How can you expect something different? Same plus same equals same. They're gonna, but I, I say this right here, Gary. I, I say this. Right. Right. Go ahead. One more. Go ahead. Say, Okay, you said Al Golden is a good guy. I believe in that. He's a good guy. I, I want the best for the people. I think he's a wonderful guy, but he's just not the coach for the University of Miami. So with the guys following the banner, just look, they're just as passionate as we are. They won't change like we won't change. It's the hardest thing in the world is to break something down, establish, then reestablish order. He can't do it at the University of Miami because he's not that coach. 
He is not that guy. Oh, so, we'll start, we're going to start finding out for sure Saturday. I mean, everyone's got their opinion based on, on history. And, and, yeah, I agree it doesn't look real good right now. Saturday's a big day for this program, and it's a big day for Al Golden. And let's just see how they show up. Okay, I'm going to say, go. say this when we go. You say it's a big day, but you said it's a big day against a team that's rebuilding. It's not big. It's just a big day for us. But you got to win. You got to win that ball game. I'm not saying it's a signature win. I'm not saying it's going to put them on the map nationally or anything like that. It's a home game against a team that's in a similar state to you. You should win. You got to win that game. You got to win it. True. You gotta, okay, and you got to play well. So, so let's well, see what happens. Yeah, I greatly appreciate you all listening to me, bro. If you will put me on, put me on, put me on hold, man, so I can hear the rest of the show. You got it, man. Thanks for calling, and, and, and thanks for being part of the show. All right, I got to take a minute to talk about our illustrious sponsor, FanDuel.com. Thank you, FanDuel, for setting up that Kane Sport Fantasy League last week. And, man, it felt like gangbusters on Sunday. I was wondering, like, what? man, I get, you know, FanDuel came to me. They wanted to do this thing, and, and I said, all right, I thought everybody would enjoy playing fantasy football. And we're sitting there on Sunday morning, and we had 60 spots open, and I, you know, I said, hey, we got 60 spots left. And, man, those things filled like wildfire and we we filled the league on Sunday with 100 players and I think everybody had a good time. I took a little money. I, I took my $10 and turned it into 20 uh, so so I'm not complaining. But uh, anyway, so FanDuel.com, now the first week of the football season is in the books. And um, FanDuel wants to know how your fantasy team did. And if you participated in that Canesport.com league, which will be back in week two, I'm trying to figure out what the heck they did, though. They turned it into a $5 game with 50 players. Um, so I shot him an email. Hey, what happened? You know, because you know the game filled at ten dollars and a hundred players. So you know, I thought you know that little extra boost of prize money would be good for everybody. So you know, we'll see. You know, see how this week goes, and maybe if this game fills a little quicker uh, next next week, we can get him to go back to um, the bigger game because I know everybody likes the opportunity for that uh, bigger jackpot. But uh, FanDuel.com is the leader in one week fantasy football with with more winners and more payouts than any other site. The money is real. They're paying out over $75 million a week this football season, $75 million a week, of which I got $10 of it this week. Um, Would have liked more if Adrian Peterson hadn't gone totally in the tank on Monday Night Football. I might have had a shot uh, to take the whole jackpot, to be honest. Uh, You know, that one kind of killed me a little bit. I built my whole team around AP, figuring he's coming back. They're going to feed him the rock and give him a big game. But the thing that I didn't take into consideration was the fact that while he was out, they built that team around Teddy Bridgewater, who has to be in the shotgun. And that's not really Adrian Peterson's game. So they got a little bit of a conflict going on there in Minnesota. So I might uh, have to make some changes this week. Uh, with my entry. But building a team on FanDuel.com is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back on Sunday and watch your team win. Uh, the Kane Sport game, like I said, is $5. Entry fees for many games start at just $1. Um, anybody can play. Uh, so go to FanDuel.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner if you haven't done so yet. Use my code, which is Kane. C-A-N-E, and sign up now. And for every dollar that you deposit, FanDuel will match it with up to 200 bucks that get earned as you play. There is, it's bonus bucks of up to 200 bucks. Um, so go on there, use my code name, Kane, uh, and FanDuel will take care of you. FanDuel.com is where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel.com. Sign up today and play in the Kane Sport League, which is FanDuel.com. 
forward slash Kane. That's FanDuel.com forward slash Kane. All right, let's get back to the show. Our phone number is 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048 is the number. Uh, Let's go out now. Remember, hit the number one if you want to come on the show. That way I'll know it. And let's go out now to the 845 where you are live on Kane Sport Live. Dear Gary, how you doing, Greg, from North Carolina? Greg, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I want to disagree with you on one point you made. Jimmy Graham is not the best tight end in football. No, you're right. Gronkowski you know, right. is. Yeah, yeah, I corrected myself. I said top two or three after that. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't hear. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to. I wanted to say something. I was watching a game the other night a pregame show, and they showed the locker room, Golden giving his pregame speech. There is an absolute lack of emotion in that locker room. You know what? The, I'm going to give him a suggestion. Why doesn't he pull out the YouTube tape of Al Blades giving a speech before the game with all those F-bombs? That's not There's his style. some emotion in the locker room. That's not his style. You're not going to hear F-bombs out of Al Golden. Well, he doesn't have to say it. One of the players could say it. But anyway, I I mean, it's a joke. You were right about one thing. Jamal Carter turned that game around. We were in trouble the other night till he laid the wood on that kid. You give up a third and 17 run to FAU? I mean, that's ridiculous. It's mind-boggling. And that, like you said, Tracy Howard looks like a top out there. They're turning them around. And he, who are these receivers? They're not world beaters on FAU. It's ridiculous. But anyway, let me ask you a question. Al Golden's in his fifth year at the helm here. Who's in a better place right now, Temple University or University of Miami? That's a good question, I believe. University of Miami. You do? You think he's a better coach than that guy at Temple? Temple did a great job. We don't know how good Penn State is, number one, and we don't know how good Cincinnati is, number two. But uh, if you're asking me which program is further along with better players, I don't think there's there's a comparison. Um, That doesn't diminish the fact that the Temple staff is clearly doing a very good job. Well, all right, I got a couple quick recruiting questions. What's going on with this guy Mullins from Gulliver Prep? He hasn't played yet. He's been having some academic issues. He's been having academic issues there that he's got to get cleaned up. I'm told that it will not impact his his uh, enrollment and recruiting by Miami. We'll see what happens. That's what I've that's what I've heard to this point. Okay, one last thing. I have a friend that's seen this kid uh, Quarterman play the linebacker. Yep. I think he's your middle linebacker in the future next year. He could be. That's what he's being recruited to be. And this kid Homer looks good, the running back. Yes, he does. All right. Can you keep me on hold? You got it, Greg. As always, thanks for um, for being part of the show. Thank you. All right, 646-595-2048, the number one if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 305. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing, man? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is Sino 305. Hey, what's up, Sino? It's been a few weeks, hasn't it? 
yeah, actually, I think it has been maybe a couple weeks. All right, you okay, got some catching so up to do. Just, Go ahead, shoot. Yeah, just a couple of things. Um, one, I'm going to disagree with you on one thing. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you don't really see talent, you know, impact talent at, on the D line um, or on the defense. But I'm gonna I'm going to challenge that because I think even though uh, we're not obviously like the old Miami, um, I think if you take let's say you take a guy uh, that coaches Michigan State the the defense I don't know Pat Nadursky Narduzzi or something like that. You take that guy and his staff and you put them in, in Miami and you have them coach up the defense, do you really think that we're going to see the same defense? No. Okay. So, no, you, you know, know. You got, I mean, we're, re- we're recruiting guys, Gary, that are a lot better, you know, that are probably better than almost every team we play on the defensive side. Even though, even though Golden has completely failed on that side from Miami standards on the D-line, we still have some four-star guys on that D-line. Here's and the thing, Cino. No I don't year think they're, year think they're as deep. They're not as deep as they're trying to be. That's the first thing that I see. They're not okay? as deep as they're trying to be, but you can't say year after year after year, every single four or five star guy that we get, we just say he's a bust. There's no way. No, I mean, I'm, Chad Thomas but they're not, last year they're not was the best them properly. Is Chad Thomas being used properly? He's a five star guy. You would barely know yeah, he's on the no team. If he, Thomas, if he didn't have, hey, if he didn't have that one good play the other night, you would barely know the kids even on the team. That's my whole point, but I can't I can't put it on Chad Thomas. I can't put it on Chad Thomas because I mean this guy was the number one of the top you know handful of the best uh, defensive ends in the country last year. And I guarantee you, if we didn't get Chad Thomas, okay, everybody would have said probably including yourself, if we got Chad Thomas like we should have, maybe this defense would be different. But it's not because You're everybody right. we get, whether it's AJ AJ Moten, Chad Thomas. Uh, the list goes on and on and on and on of guys. You know, Michael Weish, like which we said was going to be the best player on the entire team. He's not even he's not even in the three three man rotation in the three D. And I think that it it really is not going. To, you can't. There's no way in five years that every player we get, none of them are good. None of them. There's no way. I mean, it it has to come down to the coaching. It's the only common denominator. And uh, I, I guarantee you. I mean, I see these kids. You know, a guy like Chad Thomas is very interesting, and this is not even the point that I was trying to make, but a guy like Chad Thomas, who's a five-star defensive end, who I watched, you know, just on the recruiting tapes, and I'm not some football expert, but just watching him, how he beat every single lineman around the country in every camp, you know, how he either just bull rushed them or got around them, and just watching how, like, unemotional and how flat he looks when he plays for us, I mean, it just shows you that there's some there's a major disconnect going on between these coaches and these players. You know, like I, you the know last what? caller said, there's no emotion, none. I agree. Uh, you know, I agree with what you're saying, and I said this during training camp when I watched them practice, and and I was speaking. You know, I'll be honest. I, I was speaking definitively and, and strictly about the defensive line group, and I was watching them very closely in the times that we were allowed on out on the field, and. And I I didn't like the way they were practicing. I didn't like the way they look. I didn't like I didn't like any any of it. And I'm not surprised that now the season started and, and they're struggling because uh, yeah, and part of the whole deal there's, is you there's look something at... missing. And 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 everyone was trying to say, oh, you know, Coach Melvin's going to make a big difference. And and I didn't buy into any of it. And I didn't want to be disrespectful to Coach Melvin or you know or Jethro Franklin or whatever. But I just I didn't see it with my own eyes. And and. And I trust my eyes on this stuff. I've been doing this a long time, and 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 that's what I was yeah. talking about. And I didn't like you the way right. they were practicing, were right and on. I don't like I didn't like the way they looked on Friday night. 
You know, you were, you were right on the money. You called it before the year started. They're playing exactly like you said, the same old, same old. And you know what? It's a lot of younger guys. A lot of The talent level is higher than it was the last couple of years. There's more depth, and it's the same defense. It's the same defense. Well, you know, because it's the philosophy that's the problem. I I think they're trying to, you know, they're they're just they're they're playing the wrong scheme for the personnel they have. I I I don't think they're anywhere near as deep as they're trying to be. So therefore, they have a lot of plays where they don't have their best personnel on the field, which I think is unforgivable. I don't get it at all. I've never seen football coached this way, where you don't have your best players on the field the majority of the time. you I'm know, sure I don't Scott believe... Thomas probably feels like he can't make a difference because he's not out there enough. He's not being counted on. I don't on know. Enough. You know, yeah. he doesn't talk much, and and you would never hear that out of him. And you know, again, I question his eye of the tiger. I question how much he loves football. Uh, I, I get the sense he likes music a lot more. But you know, the bottom line is, I would I would be lining up with with a four man line like the old school Canes used to, with Chad Thomas and Muhammad at the ends. And I would probably, not because he's playing so great, but because you don't really have much else to work with, I'd put Kamalu uh, and probably Hurtalu and, and rotate in Moten a, a little bit at, at tackle and play with those guys. And, and like I said, a linebacker, I'd, I'd go Kirby, Grace, and I'd probably try to make Jamal Carter the third linebacker now that Darian Owens is hurt. And, and I'd ride with that secondary, which I think can be pretty darn good. You put Elder and Burns on the corners, and you put Rayshon Jenkins and Deion Bush at safety. I have no problem with that lineup at all. And I that think sounds that could like, be a That sounds like defense. a hell of a defense, but you, actually. you got to put them together. you got to get them used to playing with each other. you got to have a scheme that takes advantage of their abilities, and you got to go with it. And, and that's the last thing in yeah. the world that you're seeing right now, and you're seeing continued failure by the defense. And it, it's frustrating to watch. It, it, it really is, and I feel everybody's pain. I mean, I couldn't yeah. believe, okay, so I couldn't not, believe what I was seeing on Friday night. I could not believe what I was seeing. No, and people are yelling at me on the message boards, Gary, you're too negative. I'm not too, there's nobody that wants to come on this show, get on the boards every day, and, and give nothing but positive opinions more than me. Because when everybody's happy... Well, you did it for a few years straight. Even though we were everybody was challenging you, you still stayed positive. You know, thinking well, there was going to be a change. But I, I, really be positive. I, I, I mean, this is everybody's passion. This is your escape. I mean, you, there's enough problems and negativity and frustration and everything else in normal life and everything we have to deal with, you know, at work, with our kids, with our with our spouses, with our friends, you know, whatever. Everyone, there's, there's drama all over the place in this world, okay? This, this is the toy department. This is where we all come to you know, experience our passion and, and, and get some relief from all of that. And it, it's painful to see all you guys miserable. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's hard, man. It's, it's like, okay, so and, let's and talk about year. something that's not so miserable, Gary. I got something for you. You ready? Go ahead. Yep. Okay. All right, so let's talk about the only thing that really matters at this point. Let's just, I mean, at this point, nobody has any control. You know, it is what it is. The writing's on the wall. But... Blake James, you know, I read something interesting on your site. Uh, some uh, One of the posters put uh, that they're not really worried about uh, Golden being fired because they believe it's inevitable. But Blake James' decision-making in terms of knowing how to really, because I think that an AD is, is very responsible for how the, you know, the team is going to be in terms of hiring the right staff. And, and not only that, but, like, um, in, you know, his input. You know, it seems like Blake James has no input on Golden. And what Golden's decisions are. Golden does whatever he wants, and he's you know he's 
we have the same crap football team for the last five years. But is Blake James, in your opinion, qualified? Has he shown his qualification to really go out there and, and hire the right staff that's going to bring Miami back? Well, you don't know. He hasn't done it. You know, and, and Blake's been doing a pretty good job. I, I, I like the way he's raising money. Uh, they, they've done a really good job holding the Hurricane Club together through a lot of adversity here with the football program and, and things like that. And, you know, he understands the importance of reinvesting in facilities and things like that. So, you know, I, I think in his time as athletic director, he certainly has done a better job than his predecessor, his last few predecessors. And um, now nobody's good at hiring coaches until they do it. And this is going to be, if, if it plays out that way, this is going to be his first shot. And, it, and it's going to be his show. I mean, I think he'll get some input from some of the trustees and stuff. I don't think President Frank is going to micromanage on it. I mean, obviously, he'll have the last uh, sign of, of, of approval, as he should as the, as the university president. But it's going to, it would be, if it comes down to that, it would be Blake's show. And you're going to, you, you know, you'll see. I mean, athletic directors are hitched, uh, uh, you know, with, with their with their coaching hires. That's what they're ultimately judged by. I appreciate it, Gary. You want to keep me on hold? Yep, no sweat. Thank you for being part of the show, and uh, give us a call next week. Thank you. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. If you want to come on the show, hit the number one. That'll let me know, and let's go out to the 615. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, you're killing me. This is a uh, Miami alum. I'm about to get on a plane. Uh, I gotta okay. ask you two, Talk fast. I got to ask you two quick questions, man. Uh, when's the last time you saw the University of Miami football program be this toxic of an environment? Uh, about the last eight years. No, no, I mean, no. I mean, it, I mean, this is the I, worst. I mean, as it is the past few weeks. Yeah, no, no. This is the worst. No question. Worst I've ever you seen. Said, is is there anything that even comes close? No. No, last year, this, that last year, and so far this year is definitely the worst. And, and I think it's I think it's a cumulative effect. I think it's I think it's the last you know eight, nine, ten years that have just built up on everybody, and you know people just want their football program back. That's all, all right. it is. It's very simple. Okay. You know the guy right. blew the banner last week. You know, make Miami great again. I mean, that's all everybody wants. At the end of the day. All right. All right, man. I got to run. Uh, if you hit me yeah, up 10 minutes earlier, I'd be able to talk, man. Sorry, man. All right. Hey, hit us next week. All right. Have a, have, have a good flight. You, Miami alum, a blast from the past. Uh, let's go out now to the 917. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. What's up? BK Hurricane. Hey, what's up, BK? How you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. I'll just talk at Temple. <laughs> You know, people brought up Temple a couple of times tonight, you know, and it's interesting because my nephew just got a scholarship to play football at Temple. Oh, really? Good for him. They're doing well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's a two-star kid, but, you know, he's, you know, you know, he's pretty excited. He's pretty That's excited. Good. But listen, um, um, listen, I was talking to a coworker of mine and, you know, he played a big time college basketball on a high level. And, uh, you know, we were watching a Hurricane game, and he was saying, you know what, this team will never get good because uh, they don't play the players they should be playing because they'll never get better practicing against themselves. 
And it makes so much sense when he said it. It's Absolutely. like, yeah, you know, great, that's why you're not great. seeing Chad Thomas. Phenomenal. You, know, because, you are so correct. It kind of it, it, it kind of blew me away when he said it, but I said that is true because these guys will never get good at practice, practicing against themselves. He was like, you got to give those players quality game time. BK, remember, uh, remember, during level camp, remember during training camp after all those scrimmages when yeah. you know we, we were sitting here talking about all the all the great big plays that the offense was making in the scrimmages and yeah. back in August and I and I and I said then this is not a good sign because if the defense isn't dominating on the practice field then you've got a problem. I mean they know all the plays. They they look yeah. at they watch they watch them being installed every day. I mean, yeah. you know the, the defense has such a huge advantage on the practice field, and you know the offense was was ripping right through them all through fall camp. And yeah, you know, so, I, I I didn't I knew it wasn't a good sign. Yeah, I mean I mean it's like the old days when uh, you know you know during a practice or doing a scrimmage, like. In order for the offense to get any work in, you have to throw in the third team, and even then, it'll be a struggle for the offense. Yeah, that's the way you it's know? supposed so, to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, one other thing, one other thing, real quick. I want to give everybody a chance to get on. Uh, you know, like Miami's. You know, like Al Golden and the guys said. Uh, you know, like earlier, you know, in camp, that tight end would be an integral part of the offense, and they haven't. You know, like they're non-existent. You don't even see them. You will. I mean, Dobard, Dobard caught a touchdown pass in the first game. You're going to see that group a lot. You will. Right, but uh, right, but they're not. Have, you, they they what are they saving them for? You know, what are they saving them for Clemson and, and Florida I, I State? They're saving them. Let's put that. You're going to see that. You're going to see that personnel group uh, a lot more here coming up. I think. I mean, I'm hoping to see a better now, product. He's been playing more. He played more last week, and Dobard's been playing a lot. But I think you're going to start seeing a lot more than the Joku. Also, he hasn't done anything. Right. But you'll you they're will. on the field. They're on the field, but they're not getting looks. Yeah. I mean, they're because, there, but they're not they getting they have not quality used, looks. They have not used that personnel grouping in the first two games. But they will. They'll get to it. Uh, I'm, I, I, you know, like it's kind of it's kind of discouraging make, because the offense doesn't look any better than they were last year. I know, but like I said earlier in the show, we could sit here and debate the the merits of saving offense and not saving offense, and uh, you know, yeah. in early in the season against weaker teams and stuff. That's a coaching preference, but I can tell you definitively, there are packages in place in the offense with those guys, and you will you will see you will see them on the field together in the not-too-distant future, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, you know, I'm hoping they pull out a – well, I'm hoping they look impressive winning on on Saturday because uh, it'll be a pretty much a bad omen. It'll be a long year for, for Al Golden if, if, if yes, he Saturday, loses that game because there aren't Saturday's any pushovers anymore on this schedule. Nope, Saturday is a huge day for the program. Exactly. And Golden, no doubt about it. Because Virginia's not a pushover. Virginia Tech's not a pushover. Duke None isn't going to be a pushover. Georgia Tech is not going to be a pushover. All 10 games can go either way, BK. All 10 of them. Yeah, you know, they better set the tone on Saturday. All right, Gary, thanks a lot. I appreciate you. Um, you let me just you know, just keep me on line. You 
You got it, man. Hey, thanks for being part of the show, as always. 646-595-2048. Hit the number one if you would like to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 904. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, yeah, um, it's Gerald calling from Jacksonville. What's up, Gerald? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right, man. Uh, I was just wanting to say, man, you should have a deep black segment, man. About 20 minutes talking to him, questions and answers. You like it? Pretty good dude. Yeah, yeah, I like it, man. Yeah, he gets a little long-winded sometimes, but he he knows what he's talking yeah. about. Oh, yeah, I like it. I got a question about our offense. Is, is this is how they are? Because, I mean, in the first two scrimmages, they started out slow. The first two games, they were slow, and that's what their excuse was, and it's you know, that's what they were saying in the scrimmages that the offense always started out slow and and another thing that you brought up and I, I that's what I wanted to ask about the defense. Why was they giving up big plays in the scrimmage when they, they should they should know the offense? I mean the defensive coordinator should know what type of offense that we run and he should have the right stuff in play call to stop it. I can't explain it. I, I mean, like, this is the, the, the this is the exact. It's it, it's like rewinding a videotape, and I don't want to get too crazy. I want to be fair. Yeah. Where the team is two and zero, and the season is really just beginning on Saturday. Okay, so I don't want to be too judgmental. I don't want to be unfair. But what we saw on Friday night was the exact Man. same thing we have seen the last few years. And if that's the way it's going to be for the next ten games. I, I I don't know what word to use. Disappointing, stunning, shocking. You, I mean, you could pick your adjective, but I I mean, it it would just be unbelievable to me. I mean, I don't. I, you would almost have to think that that it's failure on purpose. I mean, I don't. Almost. That's what you know, I was thinking. How you just keep doing the same same the same 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 thing same and expect thing. different results? I mean, I I don't know. We'll see. Let, let, let's be fair until Saturday. Let's see what happens Saturday. Nebraska's got a good offense and it's going to test that defense, and, and we're gonna we're gonna Man. see if what think, we saw Friday is real or not real. I think they 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 defensive line gonna go go hurt us too because that one guy from FAU, that number two, whatever he was, he. Yes. He was a player. He gave us, yeah, yeah. That guy gave us fits, man. And, and, yep. And, and and a lot of Kings fans up here, they were saying that we made adjustments. I'm like, man, we ain't we ain't do nothing at halftime because FIU came, FIU came straight out and went down the field. <laughs> I'm like, only time it turned when that guy made a hit, man. He made a hit, caused a fumble, we turned it around. Other than that, had, had they played, not got hurt, it would have been. All in the fourth quarter. <laughs> and, you, know, right. and, and you got anything else for us tonight? No, no, that, that's it. All right, man. Hey, thank you so much for being Just part of the show. Hold, you got it. All right, let's go now to the 973. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, guys, what's going on? Doing good. Who's this? It's Ross, New Jersey. Hey, what's up, Ross? How you been? Shoot. Hey, um... You know, a lot of the guys took my um took up my topic. And, they stole um, your material, um, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Just give me a little bit of time, and I just want to go over some real definite stuff. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have covered this before, if you ever mentioned this or talked about this. Um, Golden carry and treat this team almost like in the, even the NFL. When he approached certain things, if you notice, 
how is it that the guys who are messing up, jumping off sides, the quarterback not doing what he's supposed to do, he never has to face the wrath of the head coach? You ever watch, I'm not trying to say we have to have these guys, but you ever watch the, um, the Notre Dame, Florida State, and some of these other coaches, even Michigan State, the guy doesn't really, he doesn't do a lot of yelling, but he won't let his player get, get away with nonsense on the field, meaning not running the route properly, not doing some jumping off sides, or Golden runs it like it's a corporate. He, it's almost like it's very corporate with him. Almost like he's already he's, he's coaching so he can get his NFL job. In a sense of like not winning, just do it a certain way. The guys are always really, really low key. You ever look at his, his, his assistant? The other day I'm watching him. He's saying something to the running back coach, and he says something to the running back coach, and the running back coach is barely sitting in the back. Nobody is fired up on the sideline. There's nobody that's going and say, let's go rip these guys' head off. It's almost like it's a very corporate approach, and I'm very, very annoyed by that. Very annoyed by that. Legitimate point. Say it again? I, I, I said that's a legitimate point. I can't really disagree very much with what you're saying. I, that, lock, I, I, that, I, lock, that locker room speech the other day was terrible. It's very businesslike, very, you know, very, very, very businesslike. And you see that's how the players take the approach. And if you listen to when they're being interviewed, they, they're very careful what they want to say. They want to make sure they don't say the wrong things, but they got to deal with Golden back at the, uh, in a locker room or maybe in his office. I've never seen a bunch of coaches. I'm not saying we don't have good coaches to a point, but they're never fired up. It's never, our defensive line is never whooping at nobody. We just we line up, we stop them maybe, get up, and they go to the next play. There's nobody ever whooping. There's nobody ever whooping at the opposing player and saying, I'm coming to get you when they stop somebody talking junk. They clap, they have five, they do some chest bumps and body bumps. I mean, I don't really feel like this is what I want to happen, Eric. This is what I want to happen. Some people have mentioned it already. This is what I want to happen. I want him to go like nine and whatever, ten and whatever, and go to Rutgers. I want, Rutgers is having a lot of problems over there. I want them to say, yo, we need a savior. We need a guy that's going to come in and change this program around. We got guys getting ar- guys being arrested at Rutgers and all that. So they need to bring somebody yeah, in. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know if I see that happening, though. I don't, you know, if you, if you win 10 games at Miami, why would you leave and go to Rutgers? I don't, you know, no, I mean, you, I, cause if, no. if, if you win 10 games, you're going to feel you've turned the corner. Now you got all these guys coming back next year. You got well, okay, well, okay, well, third, well, third quarterback, I mean, hey, uh, whatever it is, I, I don't, don't want him, I, I, want, I want to win, I want to win to a point, but I don't want him back. I want him gone. I want him go ahead into Rutgers where he's from. He's from New Jersey. Take Coach D with him. Coach D coached that Rutgers before. They know the landscape. They can go up and down the turnpike and recruit who the hell they want to recruit. But I need them out of the state of my um, Florida. I'm a Jersey guy, but I want them out of Florida. I want them over here. Come over here with me. Go coach at Rutgers. Come over here with me. Go coach at Rutgers. They are terrible, terrible bunch of guys. And if you look at the team, the team is playing. I don't care what they do for the rest of the year. Nobody wants this guy around no more. We don't want him around anymore. We want him. All right, that's obvious. You have anything else uh, tonight? Just just, just want to say that. I mean, I I had some recruiting points I want to make, but uh, yeah, let's. I mean, it's everyone knows what the feeling is on Coach Golden. (laughs) I mean, let me ask you a question. Are you thoughts on that? He runs the team like if he's. It's a corporate situation. It's not yeah, a corporate I mean, I've, situation. 
I've noticed the same thing. Uh, I, I notice it in practice. Uh, I, I feel when you're near the practice field half the time, you w- you would not know that almost that there's a football practice taking place. It's not my the way I would do it. It's it's not the well, way I've seen a lot hey, of coaches hey, Gary, do it. Gary, you but I respect. Let me just say this: I respect every coach's right to coach yeah, the way he but, wants to coach, and yeah, it just has, you know what, it has to work, man. It has to work. Yeah, and you if ever it watch does, some of these? You ever watch some not of these guys when they mess? You ever watch these some of these guys when they mess up? They don't. They take a B line away from the coach. They don't want to get off the field where the head coach is at. I, I understand what you're saying. With him, let, let's walk, move, right. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Let's move on to another subject, though. This is a worn out subject. No, it's got to be worn out because nobody wants the line anymore. All right, but we know that. Nobody let's move on to something else. What else you got? Uh, that's it. I, I just want Golden going. I, I just want him going. <laughs> All right. I, I, uh, listen, I want to win the games. I want you, I'm the guy that said I want to beat Clemson. I want to beat Nebraska. I want to beat everybody, Gary. But what I'm saying, right, I also you. don't want him to. I don't want. I want him going. I want. All him right. Let's see what happens Saturday. Let's talk. I'm again. so let's upset. Go. I'm so upset. I forgot some of the points I want to make with you. Hey, <laughs> I just want him going, man. It's terrible. All right. Next. Next. Next week. Hey, thanks right. for being part of the show. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. I wonder how he really feels. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Hit the number one if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the three zero five. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Gary? Schmiro fifty five. Hey, what's up, Schmiro? Welcome to the show. You know, I wasn't <laughs> going to call tonight, and you got me so wound up that I just had a call because I just. When you mentioned that starting defensive team that you would play, and just I just got – I mean, those are the guys that should be on the field, and they should be playing 85% of the snaps. Like, you With, know, maybe without question. An, right. With an occasional substitution on the D-line, you know, something like that. I mean, those are the guys. Maybe put McCord in on third and long, maybe for, you know, for a, an edge rush or something. But those are the guys that should be playing. You know, I <laughs> – it's funny. I'm sitting in my office on Friday afternoon, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not. I, I have no desire to go to this game. I don't want to get myself all worked up because I don't want to see a mediocre product. I said, you know what? I can't do it. Got to go. Ended up going down there, getting so worked up and aggravated. I, I just don't know if I could take it anymore. I mean, it's really just be. It's it's beyond aggravating. Just self-inflicting issues that this guy puts upon himself. It really is dumbfounding, if you ask me. But. That being said, I mean, you know the way I feel about this. I, I wanted – what do you think about uh, Chuck Pagano as a coach? You know, I love. I used to love Chuck Pagano as a coach when he was here, and he was the DB and special teams coach. And if you remember back to that time when he was handling those roles for Butch Davis, I, I Miami's special teams have never been better. I mean, back in those days, uh, they had – it was Tremaine Mack and other guys – they were blocking a kick almost every single game. We had great return teams and, and, and we're getting touchdowns on punt returns and kickoff returns. And Chuck Pagano to me was always a great football coach. And did I know that he was going to, you know, 15, 20 years later, get the opportunity to be a head coach in the NFL? No, but he was, a, he was, a, he was a rock solid football coach. He was a great recruiter and a great person. And I'm very happy for Chuck. Well, I, I just mentioned that because, I truly, you know, and, you know, I, every time I ask you a question, I kind of had, you know, a little background because I, I feel that if he struggles this year with the Colts, that could be a legitimate 
coaching candidate for the Hurricanes next year. Oh, man, I, I don't that's... know. He's done very well there. But, you know, I, I mean, my God, if they could hire Chuck Pagano, uh, you know, I would say, you know, it, it would get my – it would certainly get my endorsement, you know. I mean, I mean it's – I mean, he, he to well. me, he's he, he's doing a great – he's a great – he's a really good – players like playing for Chuck Pagano. Yeah. I, I, I've only heard positive things about him. I think he's done, like you said, a great recruiter. And I wouldn't think that his job is as, as secure as you think. I mean, he probably has the NFL MVP as his quarterback. And if they struggle and they didn't look good last Sunday, there's going to be some rumblings. And I know well, that guy's only one week. And they were on the road, no, I, right? Weren't they I'm on the road? Yet? The they yeah, were on the road, Buffalo, right, Robert? At Buffalo, at, yeah. They were at Buffalo, a team that's a sleeper team to go to the Super Bowl because of how great their defense is. And, right. um, you know, they just, they're just they probably just lacking a quarterback. But so the, I, I'm not going to say that was such a huge surprise that they lost week one at Buffalo. But, you know, they're going to probably be a playoff team. I mean, that's a good football team. And uh, they're not they're not going to face much better defenses on the road than what they played yesterday. Yeah, I'm just trying to mix it up, Gary. And I was just trying to hear. So no, much man, about, I love it. It's you're, you're you know. No, I, I think he's a legit legitimate you know coaching candidate down the line for the heart. That, that's what I think. I'm, I'm going to put him on my list. All right, put, put him yeah, on my list. I'm going to put him on my list in case we get there. Um, you know, <laughs> you if we it. get there, you know, if down down the road, he, I I will put him on the list and explore, you know, whether he really might be available. My instinct is he won't right. be. I I think he's in pretty. St- I don't think he's going to get fired after this year in Indianapolis. But okay. I think they're going to be a playoff team. Yes, time will tell. But I mean, I think that their expectations are a little bit higher. Hey, Dolph- just a, you know, Remember how last year started. Not to get too far off yeah. topic here, the Dolphins beat the Patriots in Game One last year. What have where did the Patriots go from there? <laughs> no, we we know how that ended, but that, they're historically kind of so what, like that. So, so uh, hey, let's, my, get, let's get back to the Canes. What, what, what else you yeah, got this week? I'm just trying to mix it up a little bit. Um, you know, let's not even start with the defense. Just on the offense, and I, you know, someone had mentioned this a little bit earlier. Why can't they just run up the middle? I mean, and not up the middle, but why is every play some type of misdirection or some type of out of a shot. I'm more, more, more the running game opposed to obviously in the passing game, but what, why can't they just, what happened? Why can't you just line up in a pro style formation and run up the middle on third and one, third and two? I mean, I, I don't get that anymore. Like, what, what is that play? I think they do. You know what I'm talking about? No, I think they do that. Do you? They might, I mean, they, they might want to consider using the fullback a little bit more. Cause I think that kid's yeah. pretty good, but that's, uh, that's what I meant. I mean, they're yeah, you want to see a pro. Certain, you want to see a pro style look with Kaya under center, and and a more traditional running play. I I get you. No, I'm just saying. On thir- I mean, I I can remember third and one, third and two, at least two or three times last week, and, and I can't believe I'm even saying this against FAU. That, but I mean, us going out of a shotgun with you know someone pulling and you know everything like that. Like, why do you need to do that? But my, my question was, what do you think about, just in a general question here, not not this year, just the total body of work of James Coley as a, a coordinator. Do you feel if if this fell apart right now, does he get another coordinator job? Or does he, you know, where does he, how, how is he viewed? I think if that were to happen, that he would have the best chance of anybody on the staff of sticking. 
Uh, you know, I just because of the job he does as a recruiter, the way he's established a pipeline of quarterbacks uh, now, and and is starting to stack them up and and, and bring in quality quarterbacks into the program. Uh, I, I think he's doing a really nice job. I, I think that as an offensive coordinator, he's still evolving, uh, and and I'm expecting that when we sit here at the end of November, that we could say that you know James Coley took a step forward this year as an offensive coordinator. But uh, you know, I don't think we've seen everything he has to offer yet. But uh, you know, I think that in terms of the entire package, when you factor in recruiting and coaching, that you know, right now he's he's the top guy on the staff. I, I do agree with that. Um, do you expect Darius back this week? You know, I think he struggled a little bit in practice today, and 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 was not as far along as they thought he was, and were hoping he was. So I would put him as questionable. Uh, I do expect Stacy Coley to play. Right. No, I, I initially thought that Barrios would be out until at least the Cincinnati game and possibly the week after. That that was my initial when I first had heard about it. So I I, I didn't expect him to play, but just was no. wondering. I mean, I guess Golden had mentioned that he was possibly going to play, and I thought that was, you know, uh, yeah, he, you know, he, not, not that. He struggled a little bit today at practice, so I would say he's very questionable. Right. Yeah, but what else you got? Anything else this week? Weekend? Oh, you have a score prediction for this weekend? You know, I mean, if I had to, I, w- I would say, you know, Miami by a field goal. If, you know, first team to 40 wins. But, right. you know, I'll be honest, Robert, I-, I was discouraged by what I saw Friday. I I mean, yeah. you know, when, when I made my prediction at the beginning of the year, it was predicated on them winning this game. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I, I was concerned with what I saw up there at FAU on Friday. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to overreact. You know, I, I'm I'm willing to sit and see what happens Saturday. But I thought there was a lot to be concerned about up there Friday. A lot to be concerned about. And more on, obviously, the – but you know what? It's the same thing. If we replayed two years ago, three years ago, it's the same stuff. So there's nothing really different. But it's no, the same, yeah. New. No, D-line's not good, right? Missing, you know, missing tackles, D-line wasn't good, you know. It's just an offensive line play. Yep. Right, right. So it's nothing new. No. All right, Gary, I'm not going right, to hold you any longer. But uh, I could see next be, – be prepared for next Tuesday to be a, a long night for you, I guess. <laughs> All right. I'll try All to right, be ready have a good for one. it. But hopefully it won't be. You got you know, it. Hopefully they show up and play a good Hope. game. Thanks for calling and uh, give us a call again next week. All right, let's go out to the 985. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, Swagger for Life here in South Louisiana. How you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, Swagger? How you doing? Doing, doing okay, man. Uh, just listening in on these calls. I wasn't going to call in tonight either, but, uh, you know, listening on some of the stuff. I wanted to try and call in and uh, play a little devil's advocate for everybody. I mean, we all know where we stand. I think Kane Nation is pretty uh, set in place on their opinion on what's going on right now. Uh, I call it after the Bethune-Cookman game. Uh, from the offensive standpoint, too many fourth downs. But, uh, but I'm going to digress a minute and say, what if by some miracle we win this week, like you say, by three, and then we get balls that bounce our way, we get turnovers you know, through the rest of these games, and somehow – the offense is able to bring us through this season, eight and four, nine and three, ten and two even. And I know that's a miracle, and I'm not predicting that, but let's say that happens. What do we do then? Big 
What? Because we've got we've got a guy right now that everybody sees and knows is not a great fit for the Miami Hurricane program. And we've got people, you know, on the line talking about we don't want to see a winning season. We want this guy gone. Flying banners. This was before banners at the Nebraska game, which I think is ridiculous, by the way. I mean, let's play devil's advocate for a minute. What if this thing does go the other way, and by some miracle we have a winning season? Then what? Then he, er- then he earns an- it- he earns another shot next year. But I think it's gotta it's gotta end in Charlotte. I mean, it- it's gotta it's gotta go to Charlotte this year, in my opinion. And you know, eight nine wins and those Charlotte. I think the pressure shifts to Blake James. Do you think he has to win that game to save his job at that point? Because of I mean, this? Let's, I don't want to. I don't want to say that because we got to let's let's see how it all plays out and 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 make you know make those comments then. I don't. I'm I'm not big on hypotheticals. You know. I mean, you know. I think we got to see what happens. You know, see what happens Saturday. See what happens from there. You know. I mean, there's so many there's so many variables. Well, I mean, I'm look. I'm I'm with I'm with everybody here. Look. <laughs> That defense, every time I see that defense line up in that three-man front and I watch those guys stand up and catch the old linemen so that the the linebackers can, quote-unquote, fill gaps, I want to pull my hair out. I mean, I, it's, you know, put, I'm watching. Put, put I, I, I go back. The bookends, let those guys get up the field. Everybody was talking about the, the sprint option. Man, you get up field and you, you disrupt things in the backfield, there is no sprint option. You know, I, I go mean, back. I go back and I, I watch every game in, in slow motion, every play. And I watch every guy and I evaluate how they're playing because when I give you guys opinions on the, whether it's the message boards or on their show, I, I want to be knowledgeable and I want to know what the hell I'm talking about. And, you know, I watched that game the other night and like half the time those guys up front look like they just look like blocking dummies. Like they're not doing anything. They're just standing there. I mean, they're just standing there. They're standing there taking up space. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I was like, pull. I mean, I, I was, I just couldn't. I, I was stunned. And this is FAU because you know when you're watching the game live, things are moving fast. You're watching the ball. You know, you're not like studying the D line. Well, when I go back and watch the game, I'm studying the D line. I'm studying everything. And I mean, I was just astonished by what I was seeing. And then I, I pulled out the stat sheet, and I see that of all the plays they, they defended. Um, I believe it was 78 plays in that ball game the other night. They had, uh, let's see, um, 34 passing plays. Um, let me see. Give me, give me one second. I'm just gonna. I want to give you the the, the right number. The 60. They had 67 plays. Okay, of, of offense the other night, and, and this is FAU, and Miami had three tackles for a loss in the game. Uh, Jermaine Grace had one for three yards. Dion Bush had one on a blitz for eight yards. And Cortell Jenkins had a sack um, for a 10-yard loss. And that's it. I mean, th- that was it for the whole game. And, I mean, that's just not good enough, okay? And, 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 and response, Yeah, and the response we get after the game is, well, we didn't fill it great. Well, what does that mean, we didn't fill it great? I don't know. They didn't you know, do a lot. I'm, it's like, I, I, okay, Go ahead. No, I was gonna say they didn't do a lot of things great. I was totally distressed after watching that game, in you know back and 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 evaluating it play by play. I really was. I'm being honest. 
uh, I'm concerned for this football team, and and, and I'm hoping that I'm proved that that's proven wrong on Saturday, and that they show up and they play a big game and they play well. Yeah, Gary. Right now with the Hurricanes, you must, and, and this is this is everybody that's been calling and giving their opinions, and you know, the, the, from the corporate running of the structure of practice to the way they play the game to the pregame speeches to the after game. I mean, you might as well take the U off the helmet and put a blue stripe down the middle of it. Right Not all the time. Not it all the time. like old I mean, Penn State. I mean, I mean it just does. But, but, but not all the time. I mean, sometimes they look really good. I mean, I, on in, on some individual plays, yeah, when, they look, when, they look right, phenomenal. On an individual like, play like when taking, somebody I'm happens not, to make a play, I'm when not, a Chad Thomas or, or somebody makes a play. Yeah, but, but I mean, right. if you're talking defense, I mean, yeah, there, there was a play that I remember where Chad Thomas did a great job rushing the passer, forced them into a bad throw, and it was intercepted. There was the Jamal Carter play. I mean, you see flashes – Every no, now and then, on individual but, plays, but because, but if, but if but we're, because we're like everybody has been talking about Gary but, and it's beating yeah, the horse, this, this, this this I'm supporting what you're saying. I mean, I, I just said that. I just told you they 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 defended 67 plays the other night, and if let's say 20 of them were great, that means 47 of them were were bad. And you know that's you just can't you can't win like that, and you can't look good like that. And you might escape against FAU, but that's how you go six and seven. With this type of talent, I mean, look, I, I think let's I see. think let's, we have the, the horse off. Saturday. Saturday. I, I, I don't want, I don't want this show to disintegrate into a, a bitch session uh, right. because you know the team is two and zero and they have a big game Saturday, and I, I've, I've got Sean Callahan coming on soon from Nebraska, who's going to talk a little bit to us about about them and take some of your calls about Nebraska. I don't want this to you know disintegrate into a a bitch session, but obviously the concerns are legitimate. And they're well founded. Yeah. Well, I mean, look. You know, like I said, just playing devil's advocate. I mean, what you know, because I, I, you know, I'm like the rest of these guys. You know, I mean, I'll never, I'll never say I want my Canes to lose. I hope we, I hope we go undefeated this year. I hope we do. But God, it's just, it's just, it's tough to watch. It's just, it's just some things. All right. Are, let's let, let's see tough. what happens Saturday. And call back next right. Tuesday. I, yeah, yeah. One, one more thing, real quick, Gary. I don't like the banners. I think that's. A, I just want to make that comment. I think it's tasteless. That's just a, a bad thing to do. And I'm saying that for for the people that are in the stands, as far as recruits and their families. It, it, it's overkill already. It's 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 overkill. It's not necessary right now. You know, you're at the right. beginning of a you're at the beginning of a new season. See what happens. Yep. yep. Okay, Gary. I appreciate right. it, man. You keep me on hold. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, let's go out now to the eight six three. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Yes, hello. Yes, sir. That's you. Yeah, go ahead. You're on. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, this is uh, Chevy boy, uh, seven now in Orlando, um, and I keep, you know, um, I've, I've hopped on this before um, about the negativity or whatever, but some of it is legit and some of it is. Um, I think overkill. Um, I mean, when we're talking about, uh, you know, complaining about um, uh, rushing up the middle or whatever the case is, when we're, we're, we're I mean, we're actually, I'm, I'm, I'm off the top of my head. I'm guessing we're, we're averaging over 200 yards rushing the last two games. Yeah, you know, that's you know, picking to the max. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then. Um, 
so to me, it's, it's you know some of it is it's nitpicking. I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna. Um, and what I do think what it is is, and that's what they they call us fans. Um, most of us, I will say, um, not including me, most of us probably never played organized football before. You know, and we're just out here complaining and doing all this talking and don't know what football really is. Don't know the X's and O's about football. Because why would I um, put out my full offense, you know, offensive arsenal or whatnot against Bethune-Cookman and FAU? Why would I do that? It's going to be a, a, a watered-down version of my offense against those two teams. You know, um, now if you want to if you want to complain about something, it's our defense, especially against FAU. You know, our defense is is, is you know it's it's. You know that's it's, it's ridiculous. Some of the plays that I saw in the first half. I, mean, I think all of us can agree to that. Um, now, one question I do have now, because I, I know you, you you keep mentioning um, that when you were at practice, you've been seeing that um, that the you know the offense was pretty much killing the defense during practices or whatnot, during fall practice and spring practice or whatever the case is. Now, my understanding is that. Um, the media is only allowed to see the first 15 minutes of, uh, of practices. Are yeah, you but, permitted but, to? Well, there were, there were a few where we were able to see the whole thing. And then after the scrimmages, we were able to do extensive interviews with, with players and coaches, which allowed us to get insight. And I'll be honest with you, we also have some people that, you know, that that are out there. <laughs> yeah, 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 people on the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna lie about it. I mean, you know, we we get we 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 get the information we need to get. Okay, and 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 sometimes I think you know, um, and if 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 I'm running an organi- organization like that, and I'm hearing people, you know, I'm talking to you know Coach Golden. If I'm if I'm the head coach, and I'm finding out there's people out there. Uh, relaying information about negative information no, about my team. Like it's not like that. And and you, you know you're talking about a team with 90 players. You know, really 100 if you count all the walk-ons and everything. That you know you're talking about families. You're talking about support staff. You're you're talking about athletic department personnel. You're talking about boosters. You're talking. I mean, I mean, you can't. You know, we're responsible with what information we put out, okay? We're not going to put out anything that's going to hurt the program or compromise the competitive product, ever. You'll never see see us do that, okay? And and, and we know what belongs in the public domain and what doesn't. And and if we're sitting there telling you that the offense did really well in the second fall scrimmage, we're giving you information, but it's not compromising the product on the field. So Coach Golden's not going to have any beefs with any of that. They, you know, they 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 tell their players, you know, to keep things in house the best they can, and and things like that. And 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 it is. I mean, I, I could tell you right now, I know things that are coming that that nobody know, you know, nobody's discussed and 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 thrown out there very much. And when it shows up in games, opponents aren't going to know it's you know it was coming and things like that. I mean. You know, it, it's all good. There's, it's nothing to really make a big deal about. Okay, and, and also for me, um, when I see these players during these interviews, and I watch the videos, and they, they don't even want to be out there answering those questions. All right, and so this is great. So, so 
some of them so, are great. I mean, a lot of them are great. I think, sometimes I think they're just giving you all the answers, the media in particular, that you guys want to hear. Um, because I look at their, I look at their facial expressions. And I'm like, they, they don't even really want to be out there answering questions. They, they want to go take a shower or go out to practice or whatever the case is. They want to go home. You know, well, but some, of them, really... some of them like it. Some of them embrace it. Some of them know. You know, you got to understand. We, we we've got a, a a big audience on this site, and a lot of family members and moms and dads and 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 mm-hmm. things like that are, are on Kane Sports. So, like, if we're doing an interview, like you know. And especially when we do like the Kane Sport TV videos, the one-on-ones that that, that we shoot uh, individual videos with the kids, they kind of like doing those because they know all their all their peeps are watching it. You know, I mean, and and, sure. and they get a and they get a kick out of it. And we try to you know keep them lively and stuff. So we try to make it fun. I mean, they're kids, um, but yeah, okay. there's some of them that that don't feel comfortable in interview situations, and I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah, a, a couple more points. Um... Now I keep hearing that we don't really have the talent. I, I disagree. I think we have plenty of talent on that team. Um, to me, I think it's it boils down to coaching. Um, do you know any other team? Because I I try to look and see, but I I can't figure out any other team that plays the defense that we do. Um, do, do you? Oh, I can't answer that. I mean, I have to study every team in college football. But you know, the one thing I will say is. You know, when it comes to talent, I don't feel they have impact talent at a couple positions on defense, and I don't feel they have impact talent on the offensive line. I think uh, at, at pretty much every other position, they're good enough. I'm not sure they have an elite receiver on this team, and I think that's why you see the receivers struggling to get open at times, but they have good receivers. and um, I, I think they have pretty good running backs, pretty good tight ends. They have a good quarterback, and, and I like the secondary. But I, I think they're challenged at defensive tackle. I think they're challenged at linebacker, and I think um, you know that's why I make the statements I make about talent. There you go. I guess we can agree to disagree because, I mean, our, our recruiting classes – have you know even um, under Golden and even when Shannon was coach and before we always been in the top twenty at, right, at least. Who, hey, who you're disagreeing with me? But who's your impact defensive tackle? Um, we don't have one. I'm, I'm but but okay. see, the thing is, I impact, personally, I actually think it's the team. Uh, I actually think it's the team. Who's your impact linebacker? Who's your impact linebacker? I would say Jermaine Grace is the closest. Yeah. I, th- I, uh, I, th- I think he's a pretty good player. But I think it's the scheme. I really do think it's the defensive scheme. I I just don't like this scheme. I, nobody nobody likes this scheme. I mean, you could go talk to the former players, and, 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 and that's it. Nobody likes this scheme. Nobody does. I don't, it's a complicated. It's an NFL system, and, and true enough is to me. I think it's it's it, it's um it'll it could prepare a player for the NFL, which you know, which is a good thing. But it's very complicated. It's a complicated scheme. Well, and I, and I think that's why they, they they really struggle when they try to play twenty five thirty guys because yeah. it is complicated, and I think that's why you see so many mental errors and busts. Yep, I agree. I don't now, think I don't think they're 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 shrinking the depth chart enough, and because of that, I don't think that the guys that need to be on the field are getting enough reps in practice and in games to get proficient at the the defense. 
Yeah, because to me it doesn't make any sense when you have an Al-Qadim Muhammad, you have um, who was a high-end four-star recruit, you have um, Chad Thomas, a five-star recruit, um, and and we can't, and then you have um, that that freshman, um, I can't think Norton, um, who who was you know depending on which site was a four-star recruit. Um, so to me, that is, the, the, the talent is there. I just don't think the scheme is is right for the talent that we have. That's what I think. You know, these, you need to let these boys just attack. They, these boys need to be attacking. You know, um, I don't, I don't, I just don't like, I just don't like it for the talent that well, we have. Well, I, I will say this: whether we're right or wrong, what's what they've been doing for the last four years has not been working. Why not come out this year and do something different? And, 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 and my feeling was, if Coach D'Onofrio can't coach that because he doesn't know it, you had an opportunity to bring in a co-coordinator and, and, and bring him into the mix and, and, and change it up and didn't seize that opportunity. So you come yeah. back the same, you got the same. And, and, and that's the True. way it is. Yep. But I will say this. I will say this. It's early. And at the end of the day, we are 2-0. At the end of the day, we're 2-0. It's, it's the season just started. Uh, let's see how we do this Saturday. Um, and I think if you want to look, if, you know, if I want to look at it, I'm looking at an Auburn who had to go to overtime to beat a Jacksonville State. You know, and I'm looking at a Florida State actually. USF actually played pretty well against Florida State. You know, and so it's not. I just look at it in its totality. You know, whether you know you can look at it as oh, we had two rain delays and. Uh, or lightning delays, actually, in a row. Um, but then again, you know, FAU had to deal with it, too. So you can't really make that, you know, excuse, to be honest with you. Um, they had to deal with that same delay, and they played they play their butts out the first half. And I just think at the end of the day, when you're talking about Florida teams, when you're talking about Florida teams playing each other, I, you take you take all that ranking away, to be honest with you, because you got these – it's Florida talent. You know, so – you know these boys. They thinking about oh Miami didn't recruit me, so I'm gonna play my butt off. They're gonna they're gonna overachieve, and, and yep. is what I think. They're gonna overachieve. So that's why you had. But then the, the talent that we had actually overtook them in the second half. So you know that's what you're seeing a lot of times. And I think that's what happened in the USF game with Florida State as well. Um, um, but I'm not here to talk about Florida State. Um, I just feel like as, as fans we need to you know I think we need to chill out a little bit. Um, I'm I'm just waiting until the end of it. Trust me, trust me when I tell you that I'm not a happy camper as well. You know, I actually I wouldn't mind Gordon being gone, but right now I don't think it's it's fair to you know start talking you know five gold and all that when we two and zero at the end of the Saturday, day we're two and zero. You You're gonna know a lot after Saturday. That's my opinion. And they're I do. A, I do. They're not a great team, but they're a good enough team that they're gonna give Miami. A very good read on where they are. One and, way or the other. One way or the other. But at the end of the day, if we come out on top, you know, I, I just care about the W. If we come out and we win, you know, yep. even you know, we're not going to play. It's not going to be perfect. Football's never perfect. The best teams on earth never play perfect. I mean, you, you're going to make errors. You're going to make mistakes. You know, can you overcome those those mistakes? Can you um, adjust at halftime? Which is one of the problems I think we do have is they do not know how to make adjustments at halftime. For whatever reason, I don't know why, I don't know what the problem is, but they, they just don't know how to make adjustments. Um, so I think that's one of the problems, too. Um, All right, hey, listen, let me, um, let me let you go right now because I'm going to shift gears for a few minutes here 
and we're going to talk a little bit in Nebraska. So uh, give us a call next week, okay? All right. All right. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys. What I want to do now, uh, we're into hour number three. I want to shift gears for a few minutes. Sean Callahan from Huskers Online is going to be kind enough to come on the show here and, and take your questions about Nebraska for about 15, 20 minutes. Um, if you've hit number one on your keypad to come on the show, I want you to hit number one again right now, which will wipe it clean. And then what I want you to do is only hit number one if you want to come on the show and talk to Sean about Nebraska. And, and, and he'll be on with us, like I said, for a few minutes and um, – and then we'll uh, we'll get back to more Kane talk. So let me uh, bring him on right now. And uh, Sean, welcome to Kane Sport Live, the People Show of South Florida. How are, how are things in Lincoln? Uh, I'm, we're doing good, Gary. Uh, just getting ready for a big trip out to Miami, and uh, I think there'll be a lot of Husker fans that go, come down there. And uh, this is this is uh, Nebraska, if you can believe this, has not played a a regular season game in South Florida or in Florida in general since the '50s. And this is the first time they've played in Miami since the 98 Orange Bowl when they played Tennessee and won the national championship. Yeah, so I imagine, you know, it, when you got, when they look, people looked at the schedule and they saw that trip to South Florida in, in September on there, I got to believe that w- that was one of the, the road trips of choice. And um, Nebraska has been known to bring 20,000, 25,000 people to some of these games. And I, I know tickets are hard to come by, so it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, Sun Life is seating in the ballpark of about 65,000 right now. Uh, I'm guessing at least 15 or so of them are going to be Husker fans, huh? Yeah, I think 15 is a safe estimate. 10 to 15 is probably where I'd go. Um, West Coast games, Nebraska really travels well. Uh, They took 25,000 to the Rose Bowl against UCLA. 25,000 were in Seattle when they played Washington a couple of years ago in 2010. Um, Those have been the ones of the Holiday Bowl games when they played out in San Diego. There's a lot of alumni out in those areas. It's easy to travel west. a little harder to go east. Uh, but they've never really played in the Southeast very often. I mean, the last time they've even been in the ACC part of the country, they played Wake Forest down in uh, uh, in that small stadium there, and they had half that stadium, which was only like a 30,000-seat stadium, and Nebraska had 15,000 in that deal. Um, so it will be interesting to see uh, what the traveling contingent is uh, but I know pretty much any Husker fan within 500 miles of Miami will be in in uh, Sun Life Stadium for that game on Saturday. Yeah, so it should be a pretty wild scene. Now, I, I want to tell everybody, you, you and I spent about a half hour. We, we taped the Countdown to Kickoff show, which is full of great information on Nebraska, and we'll have that on canesport.com on Thursday morning uh, for everybody to watch. Uh, so I'm not going to personally ask you a ton of questions here tonight uh, because we covered most of what was on my mind for the countdown to kickoff show. But I, I wanted to give the people of the Kane Nation a chance to, to, to talk to you a little bit and, and, get, and get some detail from you about Nebraska. So we'll spend you know, like maybe about 15 minutes here and uh, take some calls and, and see what's on people's mind. And I'm going to start right now in the uh, 770 where you're now on Kane Sport Live with Sean Callahan from Huskers Online. How are you doing tonight? Hey Gary, I'm sorry. I actually should have hit one. And, okay, uh, cut out. But I, I apologize. But Not a problem. Yep, go ahead and hit one, and that'll take you out of the queue. Let's go to the seven eight six. You are now on Kane Sport Live with Sean Callahan. How you doing tonight? Are you with us? 
This isn't going well so far. Guys, if, if you don't want to talk to Sean, hit the number one on your keypad, and uh, and then I won't be prompted anymore. I'll let you come. When we switch back to Canes, I'll ask you to do it again, and and we'll get you on. Let's go to the 601 now. You are now live on Cane Sport Live. Are you with us? Well, Sean, they're not cooperating with us. <laughs> We're intimidating them here, Gary. Yeah, this this is this isn't going well. Let's try the seven oh six. No, he's he's gone. Um, let's try the uh, the nine five four now. You are now live on Kane Sport Live with Sean Callahan. What's up, Sean? What's up, Gary? Doing hey, good. Thanks Doing for. Uh, it's your favorite. It's your favorite member. I signed up twenty minutes ago, but Sean, I got a question. Um, for your game plan, how do you guys? plan on stopping year because I know you couldn't stop Duke last year. I mean, he fumbled the ball a lot. He is a fumble. I honestly think we win that game. So what's your game plan against year B? What's your prediction for the score? And more importantly, what was the most devastating loss in this series? Was it the 83 game, the um, the one in 2001, or the one in 89? Well, I'll start first. 83 by far. I mean, of all the teams from Nebraska that didn't win national championships, that might be one of the best teams ever. The scoring explosion, they still hold a lot of NCAA records, that team, for their offense and their production. And that was kind of the game that put Miami on the map uh, with Howard Schnellenberger, and it was a historical moment for Tom Osborne. So no doubt the 83 game is the one uh, that hurt the most. I think when you look at the other games, 89 and 01, those Miami teams were much better than Nebraska, and Nebraska had no chance in, in either of those games. But the 83 one was the one where they were the better team, and, and they, they kind of let it squander, and, and Miami took advantage of them, and Mike Rozier got hurt in the game. Mike Rozier was a Heisman winner, and uh, it really fell apart. As your other other question, uh, how does Nebraska stop Miami's running game? Well, they have a different year this year. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't known to really stop them at all. Well, Nebraska right now, um, they're ranked in the top 20 in rushing defense. They've been very good at stopping the run. And uh, the difference in scheme now is Mark Banker, the new D coordinator, he likes to play another safety up a lot. They're much more aggressive uh, in stopping the run, and nobody has run inside on them. BYU and South Alabama were two teams that showed that they could run inside or want to run inside. Uh, and they wanted no business with running inside because Nebraska has two high NFLD tackles, Malik Collins and Vincent Valentine. So it will be interesting to see you know, how Miami attacks those guys. Malik Collins is number seven on the uh, Todd McShay ESPN draft board. Valentine's going to be a, you know, a top three, four rounder at D tackle. Um, so that is an area of strength and stopping the run. And uh, the difference with Pelini's defense a year ago, he always played two safeties high, no matter the situation, which put seven in the box and really put a lot of pressure on the linebackers, the nickel corners, uh, to come up there and, and play the run and, and make these run fits. And when you have a talented guy like Duke Johnson last year, uh, there were a lot of mismatches created, and it's a much different scheme where I think now the weakness in this new scheme is um, putting the corners on islands, and Nebraska's corners have struggled in, in, in covering the deep passes and, and being out on the island, and that has been the biggest knock about this Nebraska defense in the first two games. Their corners exactly. are just not, win- they're not winning I mean, those 50-50 battles. I mean, I, I mean, a Hill Mary, I mean, how awesome was that Hill Mary? I mean, how does that happen? I mean, there was even no one back there. It was uh, 
Is everyone throwing up from that one? I mean, that was yeah. devastating. It was tough. Oh. I mean, they we can't wait, had, man. Boston College did, you know, they did it to us too. You know, it happened. There but, were eight <laughs> men back on that pass play, three men rushing. That's probably their first mistake there. But BYU, they protected with seven. They had five linemen and two running backs. So they said, "Come hell or high water, we're getting this throw off. We are going to protect the daylights out of our quarterback and not let him get sacked or pressured." And Nebraska's defensive end on that containment side, on the right side. Fell down, and that allowed the quarterback for BYU in a 20 mile per hour wind in his face to throw that ball and wind up and uh, to make that 45 yard throw. It took every ounce in his body, and it only went in the end zone about one or two yards. So it was really one of those crazy, crazy plays in college football that if you probably did it 100 times, that's maybe the only time it happens. Yeah, how how much does Nebraska hate us since we pretty much dominate you guys with all those championships? <laughs> Short well, on uh, your Christmas card list, right? Yeah, you saw it last year. I don't hate the strong word, man. I mean, you've not been around a lot of Nebraska fans. I mean, they're a good, classy fan base, um, and, and they're known with that reputation throughout college football. Um, you know, the, the the moment, though, that really solidified it for me was last year in that game in Lincoln. It was uh, Nebraska was winning by 17 points in the last minute of the fourth quarter, and Gary can attest to this, there were 92,000 people still in that stadium in the final goal line stand because they wanted to see the, the Nebraska defense stop Miami. Miami still ended up getting in there and got a late mop-up touchdown to go to make it a 10-point game or 17. Uh, but, yeah, to have Miami come to Nebraska last year after all the years Nebraska's had to go down there and play you guys in bowl games in your own stadium – uh, it was really meaningful to have the Hurricanes in Lincoln last year just because a, a lot of the history of this program uh, was built on Miami, and there's a lot, there, there used to be a joke about that 94 game. Um, if you ask Warren Sapp if he had changed for a dollar, uh, he could only give you three quarters because he, you know, he fell apart in that fourth quarter. He just got worn down, and there were posters and pictures of Warren Sapp on the ground, on his knees in the fourth quarter, on the oxygen tanks and whatnot. So that 1994 game where they beat that great team with Ray Lewis and Warren Sapp. Uh, that that one, um, you know, people will remember that one forever, even though Miami's obviously had uh, the upper hand in this series many other times. All right, I'm going to let you go. Let a couple other people get questions in for Sean. And uh, the one thing I'll comment on from what you were just talking about, uh, you mentioned that the three-man rush on that, on that last play against BYU. And I've always been shocked why defensive coordinators uh, choose to just rush three guys in those situations. And you see so many teams get burned at the end of games by being too conservative defensively. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I guess Nebraska paid, w- w- is the latest uh, to pay the price there. Yeah, that, it just you know it's something they've practiced. But you know the defensive linemen in those situations, when you're max protecting with seven, you've got to know the situation. You know it's like going into a fight with three guys and thinking you're going to beat seven guys in a fight. You're not going to get to the quarterback when seven people are blocking. But what you should do is keep him in the pocket, contain him, um, instead of trying to be the hero there and make the sack. And that's what happened. Uh, one of these defensive ends for Nebraska. He tried to be the hero. He tried to win the war by himself, and he fell down and hurt his elbow on the play. He's out for like five weeks now, and he tripped Malik Collins in the process. So two of your three rushers fall down, and that, that's wow. why the quarterback for BYU had all the time in the world to wind up and, and make that great throw. 
Wow. All right, let me go out now to the um, the 256, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live with Sean Callahan from Huskers Online. Yo, what's going on, Sean? Gary? Hey. Hey, man, I got a quick question for you. Uh, so uh, what do you think about uh, Tommy Armstrong? I mean, do you see him carving up the Kane's? Uh, defense like he did last year with a lot of read option? You know, it's different what they're doing. Um, Mike Riley, if you're not familiar with his background, I mean, he's an NFL guy. Uh, Danny Langstorff, the new offensive coordinator, um, he was the New York Giants quarterbacks coach last year. So he led and helped Eli Manning in one of his best seasons in his career a year ago. And they've kind of transformed Tommy Armstrong. Um, last week he only had two designed running plays. The week before he only had about six. So they've kind of cut that part down of the playbook. They want him to run, uh, but it's not going to be near at the high value of what we we saw last year uh, just because the offense has changed and uh, they've gotten the ball in the hands of the receivers more. And Nebraska has a very deep group of receivers. They're missing their best guy, though, right now, the Mornay Pearsonell. He's an All-American uh, punt return candidate. Uh, but Jordan Westerkamp is a you know a former four-star. He's the all-time leading receiver in Illinois history. Um, you know they've got some other really good receivers. Uh, Brandon Riley um, is the fastest guy on the team. He actually ran faster than Amir Abdullah in the 40 last year. Uh, he wears number 87, and uh, he, he'll he'll blow by you. I mean you wouldn't expect it, but he's got really good speed and uh, has shown that the first two weeks. Uh, so they've gotten the ball in the hands of these receivers more. And the co- the coaches have done an excellent job of really grooming Tommy Armstrong and, and kind of transforming his game. And most importantly, he's bought in to the new system and what he's doing right now. Okay. All right, Gary, I got one question for you. So uh, if Golden and everybody, well, Coach No D or whatever, if they're uh, running the 3-4, right, how come they just didn't go to the best team in the NFL that coaches the 3-4, which is the Baltimore Ravens, and get some real head coaching tips on how to run a real 3-4. <laughs> I, I can't answer that question. You know, for all we know, maybe they did go to Baltimore. They they did send coaches out to a few different teams and places. So, uh, I, but, you know, whether the Ravens were one of them, I don't know that they were. Uh, but I can't answer why Coach Golden would, would or would not have done that. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and put you back on hold because I want to let a couple more people um, ask, ask Sean questions. If you want to come back on later, uh, not a problem. Let me go out now to the 973 uh, where you are now. Oh, no, actually, you, you've already been on the show, so I'm no, going to no, turn no, you no, off. No, no. Oh, you got a question? All right, I'm coming back to you. Let me Just give me a minute to hit the button. Go ahead. You're on with Sean Callahan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have a question, Sean. Sean. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, looking forward to getting down to Miami. Yeah, um, we're not looking forward to coming, you know, going through hell with you guys. But uh, hey, hey, got a question. Um, I thought about one of the guys kind of stole my thunder again, but I'm still going to be able to find a way to ask the question. Uh, what's your, what do you think the Nebraska game plan is? Um, run, you know, with their running game, because. If, if any coach coming into when they only play Miami, one of the first things they want to do, they know that we've been on um, shaky defensive line. Uh, do you think their game plan is to, um, even though they have a running quarterback, do you think is to work that, that that running back and and um and try to wear us down on um on the defensive line? What do you think the game? That's one of my questions. But what do you think the game plan is as far as that? Now, I'm not, not saying you're going to give give it away. 
but do you think they're putting a, they're going to put a big emphasis on um, really seeing what we could do? You know, if we could, you know, stop the run up the middle, and um, are they going to try to dominate us in that department? Then? Well, you know, they struggled to run against BYU, and that, and that kind of set the alarm bells off here because this is Nebraska. You know, you have to run the ball. It's kind of part of the program's tradition. And uh, last week it was South Alabama, obviously, but. Uh, they did an excellent job of just running out of a shotgun, under center, out of a pistol. I mean, they, they really mixed it up well with what they did running the ball. Um, they, they, Mike Riley likes to use tight ends in blocking on the run game. The problem is that they're, they're injured at tight end, but they did get their starting tight end back for the Miami game. He was suspended for the first two games. His name is Seaton Carter. And he'll make a difference. Um, they also have a fullback they like to use, of a real course, physical guy. Of course, he has to be back for us. Of course, he has to be back for us. Oh, look, right. Gosh. Uh, I'm sorry, what was that? I said, of course, he'll have to be, when he's back, he's coming back for our game. Of course, that would be our luck that, you know, <laughs> yeah. your, best, your best tied in is back, you know. My second question, thanks for, the, thanks for the answer, by the way. I mean, I just wanted to get a general idea of what, you know, they're thinking. Because you you're not going to give away any teams or what they're trying, but you have a good idea if a team is thinking that they can run on a particular team. But my next question is, um, it's, it's kind of like for you and Gary, and I get off and I let those guys get on. Gary, um, we run this three. One of the things, and, and Sean, I kind of like want to see if you're going, if you're going to jump in and say, yeah, we're going to try to exploit that a little bit. Yeah, is that we run the 3-4 defense, and I consistently keep seeing it. It's not going to, it's only like it's going to change anytime soon. We have a guy like McCord who is 6'3", 6'2", 2-something pounds, and you're asking him to stick a, a, a running back coming out the backfield or maybe a speedy wide receiver, that which Nebraska do have, why do we keep doing this? Why do we All right, I'm going to put you on hold, and Sean and I will talk uh, talk about this subject for a minute. Um, Sean, they've heard me talk about this ad, ad nauseum. I'd be curious to know what your opinion is. And I don't know, if, has Nebraska ever run the 3-4? Uh, well, I mean, they, they, did, they used to call it the 5-2. I mean, it, I guess it was a version of 3-4, but back when they had, like, Broderick Thomas and Neil Smith on the same defense, it was basically a 3-4, but they called it a 5-2. But they've been 4-3 since 93. Uh, they have been a 4-3 defense for over 20 years now in, in what they do, and uh, they have not. I mean, they have the personnel now to run the 3-4 on the D-line. They don't have a linebacker. So otherwise, I think it is something that they could probably run right now. So it's not really – something they have experience with. I will go back to last year's game, though. I know one of the comments a lot of the old Nebraska coaches had and other people around the program I talked to, they were really surprised Miami did not play a safety in the box up on Amir Abdullah, and they kept it at seven in the box that entire game, um, all after Tommy Armstrong completed that one long touchdown pass. It just seemed like they were spooked by Armstrong's arm, uh, yet Amir Abdullah had his career night against Miami, and uh, they, they just kept let it going. I mean, they, they didn't put anybody in the box extra to kind of help slow down Amir Abdullah, and uh, Nebraska just took advantage of that all last year. And it was interesting just to see them continue with only seven in the box that entire game. Yeah, I called it the worst coordinated game I've ever seen in my life at, at that time, and it, it really was. I, I They never adjusted. They let Nebraska do whatever they wanted, and they were peeling off 9, 10 yards 
uh, at a clip. And uh, it, it was, to me, the, the Miami defensive coordinator, Mark D'Onofrio, has been under a lot of fire down here. To me, that game that day in Lincoln was his darkest moment. And um, I know Nebraska didn't have to use most of their game plan and, and really didn't have to do much and throw the ball. They were just handing the ball to Abdullah, and he was doing whatever they want. And I don't care if you're lining up in 4-3, 3-4, whatever. If you allow yourself to be mismatched like that at the point of attack, no defense is going to hold up. But, you know, Miami's been like Nebraska. They've traditionally played a 4-3 back when they were good. This co- current coaching staff loves the 3-4 and, and you know has been playing it now for four years very unsuccessfully. So it, it's a huge hot button with the fan base here at Miami Shana. And, you know, we, we do these shows every week and, and spend a lot of time talking about it every week because uh, it rarely works. Uh, last year, Florida Atlantic was torching it. Uh, they had 290 yards in the first half. Um, up there in Boca last week and had 63 yards on their first possession of the third quarter before they started playing giveaway and had uh, three or four turnovers in succession, which took them out of the game. But it's it's a huge hot button here, and, yeah, and that's why he was asking about it. It just seems like you have the recruiting base down there that you can run a 4-3 very successfully. I mean, a lot of teams I've talked to or coaches that run the 3-4 have to do it because – they don't have the defensive line to run a 4-3. I mean, I think, you know, with Miami's recruiting base, you would think that they have just a plethora of defensive end talent available and defensive tackles down there to run a 4-3. And then we know the history of middle linebackers at Miami. um, That, to me, it it seems like it made sense why they ran the 4-3 all those years down there. All right, well, I know you've got a lot going on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you go, but uh, before you depart, um, just give us a, a summation here on Tuesday night of, of what the mood is uh, in the Nebraska program as they get ready to come to South Florida. What, what feelings are you getting of their impressions of Miami? And, and then just some general thoughts on what kind of game you expect on Saturday. Well, all the players have said something very common, that last year's game, um, they didn't know Miami, they didn't know their players, but just the tension and the feeling of the fan bases and the history, uh, they really rose up for that moment. And a lot of the guys said it was the, their favorite game they've ever played in just because of the electricity and the history of the matchup and, and what it meant. You had that 1994 Nebraska National Championship team being honored during that game, the team that beat Miami in the Orange Bowl to win the title that year with Warren Sapp. Um, so there was a lot, I mean, that game a year ago, and, now going down there, I mean, it's the first road game for Mike Riley. There's a lot of unknowns, you know, how this team will play on the road with the new coaching staff. And uh, one thing, though, is certain with the staff, what we've learned, they run a hell of an offense. They're very well schemed. They execute very well. It's, it's well thought of, well designed, um, and they make great adjustments. I mean, that has been the biggest takeaways with what we've seen with Nebraska and this new coaching staff are the scheme and the adjustments and, and what they've done to have success. And uh, they looked great last Saturday, and they should have looked great, but it's easier said than done, as we know in today's world of college football. Um, not every te- and You're not always going to go out there and blow out the teams you should blow out, and, but Nebraska did last week, and um, I, I think there's a lot of excitement now to play Miami, but it very much is a swing game. And I said this on the TV show I was on tonight as well. For Miami, I know this is a big game. Al Golden's under a lot of heat. He needs this win um, to, to kind of solidify his season and, and, and get the Hurricanes kind of at a point they haven't been at in a while out of the non-conference where they could potentially be a, what, 3-4-0 team going into the ACC. And 
Um, for Nebraska, it's equally as big, Gary, because they obviously um, you know, don't want to be one and two. Nebraska hasn't lost two non-conference games in a year since 1981. Um, so it's been a long, long time um, since they've started the year off one and two or two and two in the non-conference. All righty, Sean. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. And again, we've got a countdown to kickoff show that Sean and I taped that'll be on canesport.com on Thursday morning. Looking forward to having you in South Florida, Sean, and I guess we'll see you uh, over the weekend. Hey, thanks, Gary. I enjoy talking to your uh, your listeners and your subscribers and uh, looking forward to getting down to Miami. You got it. Thank you so much. All right. He, he's Sean Callahan, one of my favorite in this business. We um, Whenever we get a chance, we, we go out, we have a couple pops and uh, just talk football, and you see how knowledgeable he is in the uh, I'm glad I was able to get him on the show here for a little bit. And like I said, that the countdown to kickoff show that will be on Kane Sport on Thursday is uh, is a pretty good one. And I, I recommend everybody uh, take a look at that. And uh, you'll get some good knowledge and perspective to get you ready for Saturday. And uh, like he said, and I totally agree with him, this Nebraska coaching staff is good. Okay, and, 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 and Mike Riley is a very good offensive coach. And uh, Coach D – is gonna, you know, have quite the, the the chess match to play on Saturday, and it's gonna be very, very interesting to see how the Canes defense holds up. And you know, I told you what I think. I think it's first to forty wins this game. I really do, because I think James Coley is gonna have some stuff ready to go too, and and Miami is also gonna do very well offensively. All right, for the last um, half hour of the show here, we're obviously gonna switch back to Hurricane football. Uh, let's do a reset. On the board, if you've already been on the show, please hit the number one on your keypad. That will take your prompt off. And then um, those of you that want to come on and, and talk canes, uh, you'll hit the number one, and that will let me know um, that you want to uh, come on the show now and, and, and talk Miami football. So let me uh, take a quick look here uh, at the board, and uh, I don't want to duplicate any calls here, so this is going to take me about uh, a, a couple seconds. Um, let's go to the 239, where you are now live on Game Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello, you with us? All right, come on, guys. Let's, let's not let that one happen. Let's go to the, the 347. You are now live on Game Sport Live. Hey Gary, what's going on? This is Kwame. Forget, hey, what's the, up, Kwame? forget the background noise. I'm currently yeah, it's a little in Dallas. Better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I was calling actually. Didn't think I'd get through, but I was calling to see uh, is anyone amped for this game on Saturday? This is Golden's big test, or one of his big tests. Because as, as I mentioned in previous call, it's a one-game season for me. October 10th. But uh, I just want everybody. I just want to know: Is everybody sort of geared up for this particular contest with Nebraska? Because you know, I'm taking an individual assessments of Golden and Diafano, or as uh, the Canes fans might like to call him, Coach No D. <laughs> and um, you know, I, I want to know whether or not these guys are going to answer the bell. I, I cannot tell you, Gary. Uh, I'm in at least six. You know fantasy leagues, about two fan duels, and I work with a bunch of Texas guys. So I have to listen to all this crap about SEC football and 
uh, either UT or A&M. Moreover, I got to hear crap about Miami. And I'm tired of not being in national conversation. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of Florida State getting all this damn shine with Miami homegrown talent. And so I need to be reassured, Gary. Well, I'll reassure you that the fans are going to be fired up. I mean, it's going to be a packed stadium. There, there will be a lot of Nebraska fans there, but it's going to be a lively atmosphere, and it's a huge game. And you know, this one's on. This is a coaching chess match. I mean, the teams to me are relatively even. I, I see both teams as being, you know, like top thirty-five, top forty teams right now. And uh, this is going to be a coaching battle in my opinion. I, I And I have a lot of respect for Mike Riley. I think he's a very good offensive coach. And I, and I think, you know, Coach D is going to have a, a tough test on Saturday. I think he's going to be very challenged to stop this Nebraska attack. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. Uh, the, the quarterback's playing the best he's ever played. And uh, I don't think it's going to be easy. And, and, and that's where I'm at, Gary. I, I sort of feel like, you know, th- you know, if you look at the staff from the 80s and 90s and the early 2000s, how many head coaches did you see on there? Uh, but you look at this staff, you know, if I'm if I'm nice, I, I Kwame, may be only stop. Kwame, I'm going to stop you only because we already know this. I mean, this is well established. We, we know that there aren't a lot of future head coaches on the staff. I mean, these guys have been, they've been beaten to a pulp for the last few years. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm not saying it's right wrong. I, 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 you know, I, I just think it's a point that's been made 5,000 times already, you know. I, it, there's no point in us going on and on about it. I mean, they're gonna be, this is a big test for them on Saturday. This is a coach. It's a, it's a huge test. It's a huge test. I, I'm going I'm to let you know I'm going to be on a plane from Dallas to Houston. And I literally touched down in Houston at 3 o'clock. So they, I think the game starts at 3.30, if I'm not mistaken. 3.30 Eastern. Like, 3.30 Eastern. Texas. Yeah, 2.30 Texas, Texas time. Yep. So I will be probably midway through the first quarter by the time I maybe actually get in front of a television. And so I won't exactly know what the hell's happening. If you want to know what's happening, I will, just go on the message board. <laughs> I, 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 I most certainly will. You'll be yeah, able to, to save myself. Look, <laughs> you'll, you'll, Gary, I'm not the best when, during football season when I travel. Okay, so I'm trying to be nice to my, uh, I guess, seatmates and colleagues. Uh, I need to be like in a closed environment watching the games because my emotions well, dip. To when you're playing, to, when you're playing touches ground, fire up your cell phone and 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 go on the message board. And by the mood, <laughs> you'll know exactly what's happening in the game. I, right, I, you I, I appreciate week? you, Gary. What else you got? Thank Anything you. Else? Hey, I just want to say, guys, look, I love the Canes. I'm a diehard Canes fan. I'm surrounded by all these freaking SEC people right now. But I want to wish all the Canes nation out there a happy weekend. Go Canes, and I'm looking out for Nebraska on Saturday. All right, Kwame, and give us a call next week. Um, great fan, Kwame. Let's go to the uh, 404, where you're now oh, live oh. on Canes Sport Live. Gary, how you doing, man? Doing great. Who's this? This is Roland, man, from New Orleans. Oh, hey, what's up, Roland? How you doing this week? What's going on? Oh, man, I talked to I'm not, I talked to one of the former players, and let me tell you, I was so hot doing that FAU game. Man, listen, Gary, there's no way in the world they can bring out Golden back. They can't bring this man back. I mean, that defense was atrocious. I mean, 
you got, I mean, Gary, I've been saying this for the last, I don't know how many years. Well, just what, well, just calling you in general, but um, it was it was it was it was terrible, man. I mean, you had an FAU team that shouldn't even been on the same field with Miami, and they were gashing the defense. I mean, you had D linemen that were not getting any any pressure on the quarterback. You got Rafael Kirby missing tackles. And you know we talked we talked we talked about that that hit by Jamal Carter, but the thing was when before Carter hit him he picked up like sixteen and seventeen yards. Yeah, so third and like, seventeen. Exactly, third and seventeen. It was un- it was so, unbelievable. I mean, th- uh, th- just just thank goodness for Jamal Carter because that play changed the game. Listen, if, if they didn't have the turnovers that they had and the mistakes they, that 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 thing's going to the wire. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, you talk about halftime adjustments. They came out in the third quarter after halftime and went 63 yards on 14 plays. I mean, that game, if they didn't start turning the ball over, was going to go deep into the fourth quarter. Exactly. And and one another thing, Gary, I, I want to say, and I'm not going to hold you up because I know you got other, other calls, but there's no passion on the defense. They just like they just out there. It's just bodies out there. You don't see no emotion. You don't see no. I mean, my friend of mine. I can see he was on the. I mean, he he set the tone for Miami back in the eighties, and we were texting back and forth. And then we, then we I called him. He, he's he a made, former I, player. Former player. He was he was pissed. Can you he say said, who it is? I don't want to say. I don't want to say. All right, no problem. But uh, uh, he was so pissed. But he was so pissed. Man, Gary, he was so angry. He was, he said, it was at one point before the game was over, I think it was the second quarter, he said, man, I said if they lose the FAU, they need a fire goal. He said, trust me, they, 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 they you know, if they lose the FAU, it's no one in the world. He, you know, he's going to be coaching this Nebraska game. And they, but they ended up winning the game. But just, man, I, I, I told him, I said, man, former players got to do something. You and 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 a bunch of former other players, all legendary players that came out of Miami. Man, this man got to go, Gary. I mean, it's a, it's just it's all right, well, bad. Let's, let's let's see what happens Saturday. I you know that's like broken record stuff, you know. It's a, I know, Gary. The, team, the team's two. The team's two and zero. Oh, they're playing a big know, game on Saturday. It's going to be a brutal matchup, in my opinion. I mean, I think it's a big test for the coaches. Let's see how they do. Okay, Garrett, put me on hold, but I'm going to just say, say this. You've been saying that for the last two years, two or three years ago. It's going to be a brutal test. And it's the same speed. <laughs> yeah, and he's failed. He's failed them. He's no, failed no every question. single He's year, failed so. every time. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, 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 and everyone knows he's down to his last shot here. So let's see. You know, let's see. This is a big game on Saturday for him, I believe. I really do. I, All right, I hey, thanks for being part of the show. Call us next week. All right, man. You got it. Bye-bye. All right, let's go to the 850, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How's it going, Gary? It's going. We're having a good show, I think. Yeah, yeah I see, man. I see. This uh, Omar. What's up, Omar? Talk to us. Not much, not much, man. Um, just listen to the show. The guy that came on from uh, Nebraska, was he just a spectator or was he a pro- No, he, he, runs the, he runs the Nebraska – Kane Sport. Like fan club? 
Okay. No, no, okay. no. He he runs the Nebraska Cane Sport, just like you know. Um, okay. He's my he he's my contemporary at Nebraska. Does a great job. Okay. I mean, very knowledgeable guy. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was like. He's very knowledgeable about what's going on there. But yeah, he made he he, he hit on a lot of things with that three four versus a uh, uh, four three like that right there. It's just simple. It's just simple as that. I think if we was just as simple as go to a four three and stick with that, it would be great. But you got. You running this three four like you got uh, Wilford down there at, at tackle still or a sap. Like well, it, it just don't. It, it's not gonna work. Let's say one thing. Uh, my, you know, number one, they they believe in this defense, but number two, uh, they may not know the four three. I mean, they may not have that the in depth knowledge of that defense. Where even if they felt like. That. Let, let me make the fans happy. Let's run a four-three. They may not know it well enough to coach it. That's not their system. You know what? They, they, you came, know what? they came up as coaches in that outgrowth system where they ran the three-four, and that's what they know. Well, see, that's the thing, though. They didn't know it. That's just like uh, you see the offense coordinator. He goes to take tips from um, NFL team colleges. Uh, Cowboys, they moved, went around for the offense, but when it came to defense, it's like nothing changed. When that is the problem that needed to be changed the most. Well, you go to mean, look for all these teams at the Cowboys stadium, going to uh, to different teams and figuring out different different things for offense, but defense is the, is the problem. Well, let's put it this way. If it was a vote, it would be a landslide amongst the fan base. I mean, I, I think everybody universally feels that they don't like the 3-4. They think this should be a 4-3 yeah. team that has that type of personnel. Yeah. That's the type of football that these kids grow up playing, and and they yeah. feel like th- that they're wrong for playing that 3-4 system, and, and, yeah. and, they, and it yeah. has to be working. So, yeah. you know, their necks are on the line. I mean, let's, you know, let's yeah. be honest. I mean, yeah. Their necks are on the line. It's, it's like the system. The system is built for somebody that has a strong core at linebacker, and you have a great hitting state. And, and, and it's not that we don't have a strong core. Like so, you get nope. exposed. You 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 making these when it's a running play. Okay, the linemen they coming up, they taking up the blocks, and then these getting these linebackers one on one, and they losing. Yep. They losing the yep. battle. And, All right, you got anything else for us this week? Um, let me see what else I want to talk about. Uh, one thing, um, Brad, I want to talk about Brad Collier. You made a point, you know, about his success at, at, at the U, you know, a while back when you were saying about, um, about he's not a, he, he hasn't won a big game yet. And you know what? I, I was one, I was one of those fans that went on and, you know, start praising like, yo, man, it's good. He's guys.
but he's still a sophomore, and he's still a second-year player. And uh, you know, yeah. my fear, my fear with Brad coming into this season was that the expectations of uh, for him were far greater than where yeah. he yeah. really yeah. should be at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And and no, yeah. he has never won a real uh, you know a football game against a real high-quality opponent. The best one would have been uh, Virginia Tech last year, and and that was a seven and six team. So. Uh, yeah. You know, this is a this yeah, is a big game. this Saturday. This game on Saturday is a big, just like it's a big game for Al Golden and Mark D'Onofrio. It's a big game yeah. for Brian. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, I'm not gonna hold you up, man. Uh, I kind of can't. All right, yeah, I'm gonna let some other people get on, but thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call uh, next week. All right, let's go to the three one zero. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Yeah, it's Righteous Kane from Los Angeles. Hey, what's up, Righteous? What you got? Yeah, I, yeah. Quick question for you. Uh, I only caught the show on the second half here. Do you know if they're doing anything to shore up the left side of the offensive line? Because that's very worrisome. Everyone thought that Odagu was going to be the one who's going to have the most struggles this year, but it seems like the left side with Darrell and McDermott's having trouble. So it'd be smart if they put like a tight end next to them, or especially run some yeah. double tight end sets. But... You know, we talked a little bit about that earlier, but. Uh... They got a, they have a problem. They don't really have a true left tackle on this team right now. So they're, they're taking Darling, who I think is a right tackle, and they're, they're right. using him at left tackle. And, and, you know, so far he's done okay. You know, he almost got Kaya killed in the Bethune-Cookman game. He he did a little right. bit better against FAU. But, you know, that's the beginning of the problems right there. They don't have a, a true left tackle. To me, I, I'm, I I like McDermott, but I don't think he has the athleticism to play left tackle. I, I think he's a right tackle also. I'm not convinced he's not a guard. He might even be a guard. Uh, you know, so, right. so so that position out there is is a little bit of a mess right now, in my opinion. Um, then you look at the guards, and and Alex Gall to me is getting overpowered too much. And you know, sometimes he does okay, but you know, sometimes he's just you could see he's not strong enough yet, and and it becomes an issue. And I think it, this, this week in particular, when you've got those big Nebraska defensive tackles to deal with, that that could be a little bit of an issue. Linder at center, <clears throat> to me, he's he's been doing better than I thought he would. Uh, he's actually, right. to me, might be their most consistent lineman. Um, Isadora should be. But you know, to me, he you know he's been falling down a lot and, and, and stuff. I'm not I'm not so sure. I'd have to talk to Art Kehoe and see how the grading sheet looked. But you know, his door has been doing okay. But I'm not sure that tackle might not be his best position. So I, I would not be surprised. I think if you're going to see a shakeup, it's going to be on the right side. And, and I think mm. that that the guy that's really coming in practice that I know the coaches like a lot is Joe Brown. Joe Brown. Joe Brown. I was about to ask you about him. Yeah, as a guard. So. If anything happens in the near term, I think what that might be is Joe Brown might go in at right guard, and you might see Isadora slide out to right tackle. To left guard, that, right tackle. Well, yeah, from 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 guard to, to tackle, and at that point, a dog would come off the bench with 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 McDermott. Um, that that's what I think could happen here over the next couple of also, weeks. Also, an extra tight end would probably help too. I mean, it, well, I, I think protection. you're going to start seeing more. Yeah, you're going to start seeing more multiple tight end packages. I think I don't. I, they haven't really rolled that out very much yet. There were times when right. Herndon was on the field at the same time as Dobar. I think last week, Jacob Jacob Donald would be very valuable in this case as that blocking tight end. He'd be very valuable. 
Yeah, but I don't think you're going to see them go there. I, th- I think they're going to want oh. the, the, the you know greater offensive threats on the field. That's so I think you're going to see her. Herndon and the Joku, um, along with Do- Dobard, you know, and, and I do think, like I said, that they'll you'll start seeing some more multiple tight end H back packages. And this is where and the game's the- going to be decided. Uh, oh yeah, you did. There's one thing. One, one of the, the Nebraska uh, defensive linemen was calling out Isadora this week. He said you can't wait to go up against them. So, so these defensive linemen, they they're ready. They want to take our guys on. So the line of scrimmage is going to be. That's what most games are won anyway. That that's yeah. where this game's going to come down to. It's going to be an exciting day. I'm 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 looking forward to this game. I really am. I love games like this. I, I would, you know, uh, if you've listened to me, I hate those cupcake games. I I would play games right. like this every every week if it were me. Wow. Uh, you know, I think it challenges you. I think you find out if you're any good, and it's exciting for the fans. You know, you're going to get to go out there and see a real football game Saturday, and uh, you're going to find That's out right. very quickly what this what this yeah, arcane team in 2015 is all about. Yeah, you can't be sloppy, and that's the thing I'm, I'm, I'm terrified of. I mean, I'm hoping for the best, you know. I'm, I'm being cautiously optimistic, but I tell you what, they lose this game, it's probably going to be a 4-8 and eight season, and I would hate to see that. I mean, it would be so, so sad to see these kids who work so hard to just, you know, collapse again like they did last year. So I'm, I'm really hoping that these coaches can put a consistent game plan. That's been the biggest problem, that the lack of halftime adjustments, you know, they always come out lackadaisical when they start the game, just sloppiness. I'm always curious, in practice, do they look sloppy in practice as well when you watch them for those first few minutes? I sloppy, but lackadaisical at times when I've seen them, you know, they, they did. You know, I, I've, I'm not a fan of how they practice right now. I've said it, and some people get mad at me when I say that, but, you know, I'm dishonest, you know. All right, let me no, I, I, I got a I, I got a bunch no of guys here that are in line that that haven't gotten on the show and I've only got about ten minutes left. Let me try to get a few more guys on and uh, g- give us a call next week. All right, thank you, sir. Take care. You got it. All right, let's go to the um, the three hundred five now. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Gary? How you doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. Who's this? This is Kane nine one one. What's up, nine one one? Talk to us quick. So, um, yeah, I just want to talk about um, it's kind of like the elephant in the room. Uh, we all love this team. We love, we want them to be successful in our heart of hearts. We want us to thrash Nebraska. But reality sets in. I mean, this team has not been able to overcome just average teams. So, by average, I mean, FAU, by all uh, by all stats, they're not average. They're a lesser team, right? Um, FAU, I would say they're average. They're, they're, gonna, they're, they're a decent Conference USA team this year. Yeah, but, I mean, this is where – let me just get to the point. The point is this, this staff is so inflexible to play the kind of players that we have and the kind of scheme they need to play in. Um, I think you know where I'm headed with this. And it's almost like a self-inflicted wound for them um, because it's because of their inflexibility they lose games and the fan base gets more and more pissed off. You know, when you're, pay- when you're playing that way, and we're going to see what the real deal is. Yeah, Although they haven't lost you this year. That's right. We don't, I mean, for, for most people, not me, um, you want to give them another chance, another one game. Right, but it's not just about another one game. This guy should have been – this scheme, this defensive staff should have been changed last year. You know, I think this this um, fan base has been very patient. 
We've been very <laughs> patient. I I, well, I mean, I wouldn't say patient. Come on now. It, but they've been, been justifiably, they've been justifiably angry. Let's put it that way. I, well, patient it, it, is definitely not the word. <laughs> well, I think it is because, you know what, it's not just about Al Golden. It's about 12 years. 12 years of this bullshit, right? Yeah, you forget about that, we, yeah. So this has to change because, you know, Kwame got on the line, and he's always a great caller. Um, and he's he sounds apathetic. He sounds like he's literally not going to even care anymore. So I hope someone in the administration is listening to the fan base and not calling them noise, not disrespecting them like that, because there's no other coach or staff in the country that would disrespect the fan base that way. And if they do, they're yeah, sure to be fired. You're making a point, and, and, and that's a mistake. That's a huge mistake, and, and I think that that fuels the anger. You know, you can't call it noise. I agree with you. It's not noise. Uh, I mean, just, I'll, uh, I'll all you guys, I mean, and everyone, you know, you guys beat the crap out of each other on the message boards and stuff, and it drives me crazy to watch. But – I will tell you right now, this is a knowledgeable fan base, okay? I will put this fan base in, in terms of football knowledge uh, up against any fan base out there in America. I really would. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. And even uh, the folks I don't agree with, they drop knowledge all the time. You know, you have to make your case where you can make it, and sometimes win, sometimes you lose. But on another point, is it true that Coach D'Onofrio almost went into the stands after a fan? No. Is that He did the, not he did not go almost go into the stands. They, they were yelling back and forth. I mean, there, were, there was a fan right behind the bench. He was trying to coach the defensive guys, and the guy uh-huh. was heckling. The guy was heckling him, and he snapped for a second, and they had some harsh uh-huh. words with each other. Well, and then he know, went off. You know, you know, you know, in any other program, him snapping for just a second, him losing his patience, gets his ass fired, right? But oh, only I don't in this that. school, no, that stuff happens a lot. Absolutely. No, that, it happens a lot more than you think. No, that's exactly why I wanted to talk to Sean, because if Sean, if any of the Lima staff would have went against the Red Nation, you absolutely bet your bottom dollar that there would have been a problem and he would have been called into nah, the quick. This was a quick exchange, and, and the one thing I'll tell you is on, at some of these places where they go on the road, the, the stands are right on top of the visiting benches. I mean, it, you know, it, it really almost astonishes me sometimes. Yeah, because, but isn't that because the game? One day, I mean, isn't one, that the game? one day is going to be a real incident. I mean, I mean, some of these seats are literally almost right on top of the visiting team, and uh, so this stuff happens more than you would think. Oh, absolutely, and I don't, I don't necessarily want to act like I agree with whatever was said between either guy. There has to be an adult in the room, right? And hopefully that adult is our coach. So, you know, I, you I know, wish he, he... He's taken a bad rap because everybody jump, wants to jump on him for everything he does, but he really, he, it was a very quick, if you if you watch the video and people are linking to it on the message boards, if you you know, it really wasn't that big a deal. Okay, it just it just sounded by as what some people were saying that he was going to bum rush the crowd and that. I mean, not no. only is it no, that's an I mean, exaggeration. illegal. That's just not true. Okay. That's not, that's not true. All right, hey, let me let well, a, a couple more people get on here real quick. Uh, give us a call absolutely. next week, okay? You got yeah. it. All right, let's go to the nine five four. You are very quickly on Kane Sport Live. What you got? Hey, what's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, Who's Gary? this? Yeah, I can hear you. 
Uh, there? I had a question. Yeah, I had a question really quick. I was trying to get in before in ben. regards to Coley. Mr. Coley, it, is he kind of handcuffed when it comes to coaching? Because um, I'm not going to mention no. this. One of my friends actually talked to one of the Florida College team staff, and they obviously say he's a lights-out recruiter, but they're actually pretty shocked that he did get the offensive coordinator position. They weren't actually sure if he was ready for a position like that. Well, you're never so, ready until you get it. And, and yeah, when he, when he got the job – he didn't have the the resume yet. I mean, this is his first big shot. Well, now it's his third year doing it, and you should see progression this year. You should see him do a better and better job. And uh, the season starts Saturday. You there? Yes. But all right. Well, yeah. So the season starts Saturday. So I think you'll be able to to start really judging him a lot better um, beginning this weekend. All right, anything okay. else you got to speak? I'm just trying to rapid fire here, go through the no, people. No, 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 I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm all set. And the other question was, in regards to, uh, have you ever seen that movie when the game stands tall? No. You know, if it was about the head coach, the high school coach from Dale South, where they say, you know, he honestly could have been one of the best coaches in college. You know, he's a high school coach, but he never wanted to go to the college level. Point is, do you think someone like Isaac Harris would be a good head coach at Miami with no. his ties down here and no. everything? No, that's not All his right. personality. That's not his personality. Right. He's, he's doing a great right. job with the running backs, though. All right, let me go now to the um, the six seven eight. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hello. Yep, you with us? Oh, what's up, Gary? Oh my God, you're hard man to get in touch with. I know, man, and I'm sorry. I got to make you make it tight tonight because we're we're at the end of the show. But I wanted to get you on for a second. What you got? Oh, all right. I appreciate it. It's 23 Daddy Kane just coming back in. I got two pages of notes, but the oh, first shit. thing and yeah, foremost, you're gonna have to call back. You're gonna have, you're gonna have know, to call back. I know, I know, man. But you know, I've been me, listening give me, for give me a your while. Best two, give me your best two things right now. Go ahead. Best two things. One, Nebraska fans, my wife went up there to the game last year by herself. Nebraska fans were very cordial to her, was nice. Um, I would like to say that about that. I've been listening that long. I couldn't get on with the other dude on, Sean. But Nebraska fans were cool. Two, man, I mean, we're 2-0, and and I've been listening for about the last hour and a half. And everybody act like we're 0-2. I've never seen a fan base call in with a 2-0 team and say, oh, I love the fact that we're 2-0, but and, and just start laying in into everything, everything. Yeah, they can't, people can't get over last you, year. They just, they you, just can't. But, 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 but last year. You know what will change it? You, you know what will change it, seriously? A good win on Saturday. I think you'll no, see no, people. No, no, but we're, we're already winning, though. No, but they're fair weather friends. We're already winning. We're 2-0, and but yet they call in like that. No, so, but yeah, those, first two games, those first two games weren't going to do man, it. Uh, if you they know, beat, in the NFL, the NFL wait, has preseason games. Listen, college has preseason but listen okay. to me for a minute. If they if they beat Nebraska on Saturday and are impressed when, in doing when it, they beat, when they beat Nebraska, yeah, I think you'll see a lot of the, the fans turn the page and and focus more on this year. Right now, they're, they're I hope they're, you're right. Right now, they're still they still can't shake that six and seven feeling. Uh, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I, I think that's just the pulse of the fan base. 
Uh, they're not anticipating things being different because they haven't been given any reason to feel that way. I think an impressive win against Nebraska on Saturday would do it. Let's see what happens. All right? Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and of course I'll call back in next week yeah. and wake another Yeah, call back in next week. Just try, yeah, try to get in in earlier, and we'll get you on the show. Okay, uh, last call of the night from the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Johnny O from Burr Road. Hey, what's up, Johnny O? How you doing this week? Good, thanks. Um, I wanted to ask about this. People say that nothing, nobody that the, the, since the off season, nothing has changed. But a lot of a lot of has changed, right? We got a lot of new coaches. Uh, you know, didn't we get the Harris for the running back and and Harris who else did we get new in the? You got Kevin so Beard. Kevin Beard came uh-huh. in as receiver coach, and uh, Randy Melvin, defensive line coach. Okay, and also the it's the same defensive scheme, same philosophy, and that's what they don't like. So it's a smoking mirrors. Well, we'll see. You're going to find out Saturday, man. I'm telling you, this team, this team is going to be the. <laughs> I mean, this is this this Nebraska team to me is exactly what the doctor ordered because it's time. It's time to find out what this team is all about and what they've got. Yeah. And, 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 and this is the perfect opponent. It's like looking at the mirror, a team right at the same level of development as you. And uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Like I said last week, it was a, probably a blessing in disguise to get these two people, you know, to iron out the wrinkles, you know, so to speak, to get ready for uh, this Saturday, right? Yep. Yep, no doubt. All right, Johnny O, I gotta let you go. I, I gotta. We, yeah, we gotta, my brother. Thank you for putting gotta, me gotta, on, man. God bless. No swap, no problem. I know you'll come <laughs> back next week. Hey, I want to thank everybody for participating tonight. Uh, you know, I feel it's a good show. I, I understand a lot of you guys are still frustrated. Uh, you know, like I said to Johnny O, I, I think just people are having a hard time shaking, even all these months later, the, just those bitter feelings of what happened last year. It's in the hands of the team. It's in the hands of the coaches, in my opinion. I think if they play well and they beat Nebraska on Saturday to go to 3-0 and 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 really add some intrigue and excitement to this season, I think a lot of people, I see, at least I certainly hope so, will begin to turn that page a little bit. You might still not like the defense, but it, but at least maybe turn the page a little bit and, and, and focus more on the games and the opponents and, and, and just see where this journey takes this team in 2015. I want to thank Sean Callahan for coming on and talking Nebraska. Again, watch that countdown, the kickoff show on Thursday morning on canesport.com. You'll get a lot more insight into the Cornhuskers and, and get you ready for the game. Until next Tuesday night, thank you for being part of Canesport Live. <laughs>